Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1353, air date November 8th, 2023. Hey, Chris, we're ready. I'm ready. Hey, are we live? <laughs> yes, yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome uh, to the third GOP debate. I'm here with uh, Dr. Shiva Ayodhara, and uh, we're going to be uh, bird. I'm going to be bird dogging the questions over uh, from the third GOP uh, debate in Miami. So, with that, we'll get started here with the first question: Why should voters support you over Donald Trump? It's a great question. By the way, welcome everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayodhara. This is the third set of questions we're doing for the GOP debate. First of all, everyone needs to understand that not only Donald Trump, but every other uh, candidate up there does not represent America. They all work for Israel. That's number one reason that people should recognize that none of these people, including Donald Trump, work for the American worker. And if you go back and look at 2020, you'll see the stark difference between me and Donald Trump. I was the engineer, the scientist, a hardworking guy on the ground who was fighting lockdowns. I was on the streets building massive number of protests. We ran at least five different protests, um, mobilizing people to fight the lockdowns while Donald Trump was promoting lockdowns, number one. Number two, Donald Trump ran on a campaign of lock her up, drain the swamp and build the wall, none of which he did. And many of us, uh, including myself, we believed that Donald Trump was gonna lock her up, drain the swamp and build a wall. And I gave him lots of money. I put up many, many, uh, you know, uh, 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 launch signs up for him in the bitter cold and he delivered none of it. So I had, with all truthfulness and with my own integrity, had to remove my support for him. And we did a video called Was Trump the Swamp, which he definitely, definitively was. He set up the January 6th people as a honeypot to get caught and thrown in jail. Who got thrown in jail? Donald Trump supporters, not Hillary Clinton. This man does not live up to his word. Why? Because he's never had to live up to his word. Compare Donald Trump to me in a very singular area, Chris, is that just about work. This guy was given $200 million worth of property by his father, $200 million worth of property by his father. If he was just a dumb fuck and didn't do anything with that property, it would easily have been worth, you know, would have gone up by, uh, you know, 10 uh, to, you know, 20%, which easily would have grown uh, or doubled, you know, which e easily would have become around uh, $2 billion. Instead, his balance sheet was about $1 billion with $2 billion in debt. He was a negative billionaire. This guy is not real. He's a billionaire on the phone. He's a reality show billionaire sitting in his desk holding a phone as though he's striking deals. Compare that to me. I came from nothing, bottoms up. I have four degrees from MIT, started seven successful companies, actually gave jobs to people and actually innovated things from as a child, created the first email system, created the first portal for artists to go direct, you know, and then created Echomail, a company we grew to around a quarter of a billion dollars. And now I run a company called Cytosol, which is eliminating the need for animal testing and discovering medicines based on traditional medicines um, and honoring indigenous medicines. And we've uh, right now gone after 25 major diseases and we've created solutions which come from natural products. 
not these pharmaceutical drugs which destroy people. Donald Trump promoted pharmaceuticals, he promoted remdesivir, he promoted the vaccine, all of which have been killing people. Bottom line is there's a huge difference between me and Trump. I work for a living and he doesn't. I walk the walk, he just talks the talk, period. Yes, clearly not one of us. And if you can maybe expand on this a little bit, how do you think we got here where people are brainwashed into thinking that Donald Trump represents the American people? Well, the reason we got here is because of all the other people on that GOP debate stage right now. None of them work for a living. Okay, they're not that different than Donald Trump, right? And we really need to look at the culture that has been created with a reality show culture um, and a celebrity culture and the Hollywood culture. These are the same people who hang out with Epstein. These are the same people who are Zionists. Um, recently, there was a, survey, a, a petition. Two petitions were running, Chris. One petition was saying, yes, uh, we should go bomb the hell out of the Palestinians and butcher them. Essentially, that's what it said, right? The other petition said we should not do that. Well, the first petition was signed by all the A-list actors in Hollywood. You know, when I was out in Hollywood, you find out there's a caste system there. The A-list, B-list, and C-list, okay? Meghan Markle was, for example, a C-list actor, okay? A-list actors are people like, um, you know, uh, Gal Gadot, okay? Who's Wonder Woman, who's a rabid Israeli Zionist scumbag, okay? She was one of the first signers of that petition. All the A-list actors signed that petition. Why? Because they have to suck Zionist cock, as I say. That's the way we should call it. They all have to suck Zionist cock. Every presidential candidate except me sucks Zionist cock. And that may not sound presidential, but in fact, it's very presidential because I represent the American worker who does not want us to be cocksuckers of Zionism. We have to recognize that Donald Trump sucks Zionist cock, Nikki Haley sucks Zionist cock, Vivek, the snake sucks Zionist cock, Chris Christie, uh, Booby fucking Kennedy, Joe Biden, all of these people. The only people that don't suck Zionist cock are the American workers who are being screwed. And I'm an American worker. I'm one of us. But Donald Trump is no different than any one of them. They all serve Israel. Bernie Sanders, for example, is an Israeli citizen. Anthony Blinken is an Israeli citizen. All of these people are Israeli citizens. The head of the CDC is an Israeli citizen. All of these people work together against the American working people. So if we're going to free Palestine, and by the way, there's a lot of liberal Zionists who are out there saying, cease fire, peace now. Well, you know what? I've seen that for 40 years. It doesn't get us anywhere. All that cease fire does is let Israel pull back renew and then go bomb the shit out of the Palestinians again. The only way to end this is we must end the occupation. Ending the occupation means beginning with ending the occupation of America by Zionism. Zionists have taken over every seat of power of the United States. And if we're going to free Palestine, we must end the occupation. And if there's anyone who should get military aid, it should be the Palestinian people. I'm not talking about Hamas, by the way, all those morons who think Hamas represents the Palestinian people. Hamas was created by Israel. So when you see Hamas, replace it with Israel. But Donald Trump and every one of those candidates is all the same. And we've gotten here because Zionism has hijacked the United States. And Donald Trump is a face of Zionism. He brought in the Zionist hoodlum, Gerald Kushner, Jared Kushner into the White House, who basically got a $2 billion loan from an Arab Zionist, the you know Prince of Saudi Arabia. You do not need to be Jewish to be a Zionist. In fact, 70 million Americans, Christians are Zionists, all right? There's only 14 million Jews. So let's get it clear. Zionism is a racist political ideology, which is anti-American, which is anti-human, and it's anti-Semitic. 
Yes, yes. And speaking of uh, Israel and Hamas, uh, second question. The Israel-Hamas war is barely a month old. Tonight, Israeli troops are fighting inside Gaza City with over 200 hostages who remain captive there and civilian casualties mount inside Gaza. As president of the United States, what would you be urging Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to do at this moment? Well, first of all, we have to understand Netanyahu is the extreme face of Zionism, okay? And he was allowed to do this by American Zionists because there's 200 million, sorry, trillion, not million, I was off by, you know, one million, you know, six zeros. There's 200 trillion, trillion cubic feet of natural gas in the occupied territories of Palestine and Gaza. There's multiple billion barrels of oil. And so we have to recognize that Palestine represents a strate immense strategic value to British and US imperialism as a strategic port, as a strategic place to essentially, um, you know, control the entire Middle East. Now, Zionism and imperialism met in 1948 uh, through the Balfour Declaration, which allowed to take this Zionist philosophy, political ideology, and bring it into Palestine to create this ruckus so Britain and the United States could get that military base. That's what this is all about. So we need to recognize that the Netanyahu comes from that lineage. He was, you know, he was, he, he was a young man, quote unquote, a young man at the time they started bombing the Palestinians. He was a fighter plane pilot. His mentors were people like Menachem Begin. Menachem Begin was the first prime minister of Israel. And he was part of the, he was trained, listen very carefully by Mussolini's brown shirts, okay? Which are the Nazis of Italy. Zionism is racism in the service of imperialism. Netanyahu is just one gross reflection of that. But don't forget the the liberal Zionists like fucking Bernie Sanders. And that's what he is. He wanted to support the butchering. And then he says, ooh, we need to get Netanyahu out, but we need to put someone else in. It doesn't matter who's in. They're all Zionists who want to butcher the Palestinian people. But more importantly, Zionism cares more about Zionism than the American worker. And so it, it's really not about Netanyahu, Chris. They're going to try to make him be the evil person. And he is an evil piece of shit, okay? On October 7th, everyone should go look at my tweets where I called out Netanyahu as a piece of shit who was about to have a civil war. Two weeks before October 7th, there were massive rallies in Israel against him. 100,000 people showed up. And yet the United States supported him. The United States supported him to actually create Hamas and fund Hamas. And so we'll get more into this, but the bottom line, it's not about Netanyahu. It's about what the American people want. And if you look at the United States Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the values in there do not match the values of Zionism. If we should be giving military aid to anyone, it should be the Palestinian people. We should be arming them against Zionism so they could defend themselves. We just sent 14, we approved $14.5 billion aid to Netanyahu's regime. Well, 52% of Americans are against sending weapons. 65% of young people under the age of 33 are also against sending weapons to Israel. But 97% of the Senate voted for it. So you have to realize that we don't have freaking democracy in the United States. We're run by a bunch of fucking fascists who run every aspect of, of the United States system, and it's called Zionism. And this is why... 35% of young people are clinically depressed as of today. 
and that is by a Gallup poll. So we don't follow democracy. Every one of those scumbags on the stage, including Booby fucking Kennedy, Joe Biden, do not represent the American people. I'm the only candidate who has the balls and the conviction to speak up against Zionism because I am one of the American workers. I'm one of us. And it's time that everyone listening to this recognize the level of shadow banning I also undergo, Chris, the level of censorship I undergo. People have told me that they will follow me on Twitter and boom, the follow goes away. I have many, many re records of this. The only way forward is a bottoms up movement. And everyone should know this Saturday, November 11th at 11 a.m., 11, 11 at 11 a.m., we're hosting a massive demonstration in Harvard Square because the belly of the beast is Harvard which creates and promotes all of these Zionists, which get put all over the world. I look forward to seeing that event. Uh, we'll go on to the next question. Given attack by Iranian-backed proxy groups on U.S. military bases in Syria and Iraq, attacks that wounded approximately two dozen of our U.S. servicemen uh, do you support the use of military force by the United States against Iran? Well, first of all, we should step back. What the fuck are we doing in the Middle East? Why are we going and provoking people? Why are we starting these imperialist wars? Why are we putting dictators into these countries? You look at the history of U.S. imperialism starting since 19, you know, at least 1948 when Israel was created. It's, it's exacerbated. We go support dictators like Allende in Chile who butchered all of his people. We go supported a bunch of uh, Central American dictators. We go supported, we went and supported Saddam Hussein, all right? Every country, and we are the ones who supported the Taliban and the Mujahideen. We have to see that every country that American imperialism goes to, run by Zionist interests, always supports dictators. We go poke the bear everywhere. We're the ones who go send our young poor white kids, poor black kids, poor Hispanic kids to go fight wars for rich Zionists. This is what this is about. What the fuck do you want the Iranians to do? I mean, we're flying over there 10,000 miles and attacking their sovereign areas and they're supposed to sit on their ass. They're not supposed to build nuclear weapons. I mean, are we nuts? How much hubris do, how much hubris, uh, do people have? And why do they think these people don't have a right to defend themselves? Who decided that Iran should not have a nuclear weapon and only we should and Israel should? Come on, let's get our heads out of our ass and realize that we've all been brainwashed. The Iranian people have every right to defend themselves. The question is, why are we even in any of these countries? Why are we supporting Zionism? And that's the question that needs to be answered, Chris. Not like, ooh, why are they attacking us? I mean, this is all ass backward. As you can see, the people who are asking these questions to these Zionists on the stage are assuming that people are stupid. They're assuming that we have a right to be there. The United States had no right to go into Vietnam. It was John Kennedy, the first US, truly US imperialist who started all this. The United States and the people of this country want our people taken care of. We have no right to going and stealing other people's oil, You know, setting up military bases so we can steal other people's oil and butchering other people so we can steal other people's oil. I completely agree. I see the meme uh, right now with Iran in the middle. And who, who put this Iran in, in, in the middle of our military bases? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, well, the interesting thing is Booby fucking Kennedy says that, oh, you know, 
um, this is uh, Palestine is our uh, aircraft carrier to protect ourselves. He's a fucking Zionist. He hates the American worker. None of these people on stage, Chris, work for a living. I get up at 5 a.m., go to bed at midnight, right? I have to run my business Cytosol, make sure I pay my bills, you know, make sure we have enough wages to pay our people who work for us. And I do this. You, Chris, work as an IT guy and you support our movement for Truth, Freedom, Health, right? Everyone in the movement for Truth, Freedom, Health has a full-time fucking job and they do this. And if they're retired, they have their, they worked hard and they do this. None of those people up there do anything. We are now collecting signatures to get us on the ballot. Booby Kennedy steals all of our lingo and asks for $15 million to go get on the ballot. So think about what I'm talking about. Anyone out there listening, if you're giving one fucking dollar to any of those people, you have to go have your mental health checked. These people are billionaires, guys. They have billion dollar trust funds. Notice I don't ask you, you for money. I ask you for to volunteer. I ask you to get educated. That's what we're doing. Fundamentally different because we're one of us. For the first time in American history in a long time, you have one of us running for president. And it's time you get off your butt and realize that 2024 is going to be the inflection point that we will head into utter darkness and slavery, or we can head into a golden age. And that golden age can happen with Shiva for president and with Truth, Freedom, Health. Yes, absolutely. And and if anyone here is from Indiana, we are collecting signatures actively in Indiana. Please reach out to me and uh, we'll get you on the ground. So thank you for that. Uh, we'll go on the next question here. Jewish students across the country are threatened and under attack. What do you say to Jewish students on college campuses who feel unsafe given the dramatic rise in anti-Semitism? And what do you say to university presidents and college presidents who have not met the moral clarity um, move moment to forcefully condemn Hamas terrorism? Yeah, so that's a that's a very good question. So um, you notice how these questions are always uh, flipped. And by the way, someone, uh, one of these guys who's uh, obviously a supporter of Zionism is upset that I'm ranting and raving. And one of these guys actually uh, was trying to use our movement so we would help him run for office, which we refused to do. OK, um, and so we need to we need to recognize that. There are a lot of people like this fellow who are flipping, flipping who's who's the actual victim and who's the actual, you know, aggressor. OK, and everyday working people where I come from, Chris, speak with aggressiveness and anger because we actually care. The people who can sit back and be philosophers are people who don't give a fuck about what's going on. Now, when you look at this question that you're asking relative to Jewish students, Let's be really clear. People are conflating, once again, Judaism with Zionism. And this is a good opportunity. Are these Jewish students or are they Zionist students who believe in the butchering of Palestinians and the occupation of this land? That's a question we have to ask. And if it's going to be Zionism versus anti-Zionism, this is a very important battle, that it's an irreconcilable difference. And it must and it will be fought out and it must be fought out. And because America has become the place where Zionists have hijacked this country and then they conflate Judaism, Chris, with Zionism. 
And we need to recognize there's 14 million Jews in the world. So where do you get all the Zionists? Well, they're American, quote unquote, Christian Zionists. There's around 70 million of them. So we should be very careful when people pot, uh, you know, posit these questions, trying to act as though the activists, the anti-Zionist activists are, quote unquote, attacking Jewish people. Absolutely false. Most of these people out there are Zionists, are actually butchering Zionists. And they've had a stranglehold on the United States for, I would say, nearly a century now. And so, and they think they can hide behind the cover of Judaism and promote Zionism. And what is Zionism? Zionism is racism. Zionism is anti-Semitism. Zionism is exploitation. And Zionism serves imperial interests. And, you know, boo-hoo to the Zionists who are now concerned that people like our movement are clearly exposing the difference between Zionism and Judaism. And there are many, many actual Jews who are anti-Zionist. And the same Zionists will attack those Jews. In Israel right now, everyone should ask the non-Ashkenazi Jews who get beat the shit out of by the Israeli Defense Forces. So if you're so concerned about Jews, then why don't you ask about what happens to the Jews in Israel who are anti-Zionists? Why don't we talk about that? But we won't talk about that because these people really don't care about Jews. They're just using Jews to promote Zionism. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, I've been seeing many videos of actual Jewish people in Israel who are in support of uh, ending, uh, ending the conflict in Gaza. And they're literally getting beat by, by police uh, and, and jailed. Uh, they even passed legislation that if you come out in support of the Palestinians, that they can jail you. So this is really, this is really the a shield that they use to uh, deflect any criticism. And so yeah, I'm, if they cared about Jews in Israel, Chris, right, we would have a secular state in Palestine. And many of the real Jews have talked about it. it. It should be called Palestine. It should be a secular state, right? Where all people live in peace and you're not exploiting people. For the last you know, 40 years, the Israeli Zionists have ensured that even the Palestinians can't even mine their own resources, right? can't even get access to their own, um, you know, uh, sources of wealth. So this is not about Jews versus, you know, Arabs. This isn't about Jews versus Muslims. This is about Zionism. And you don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. So do not let anyone bamboozle you by saying, oh, the poor Jews are being attacked. Bullshit. Bullshit, 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 and bullshit. 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 <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of bullshit to go around. Yep. And to keep the bullshit going, let's go with another one. Would you cancel visas of foreign students who are studying at universities in the United States who support Hamas? Okay. You know who we should? Yeah. Well, remember, Hamas is Israel. <laughs> so if they support Israel, yes, we should do the following. We should cancel anyone in the United States Congress who has dual citizenship with Israel, right? And that Bernie Sanders should be thrown out of office. And there's around 355 people in Congress who are backed by APAC. And when we should really do a analysis of all the people in Congress, all the people in government who have dual citizenship with Israel, and they should be first of all thrown out, canceled. Let's start there. Then let's go down to understand that the concept of uh, dual citizenship with Israel, Chris, 
should not be allowed. Many people forget right after when 9-11 took place, NBC, a mainstream media um, news thing, did a almost a 45-minute analysis, and it was clear that Israel was involved in blowing up you know, the Twin, tra twin tra Trade Towers. And this is not conspiracy. This was an actual newscast that was done, and that has been removed. So it is Israel and Mossad which should be thrown out. And we should talk about all the students in America who work for Israel and Mossad in universities. They should be thrown out. That's where we should start. And by the way, Hamas was created by Israel. Repeat, starting in the 1980s, Hamas was funded. A brigadier general in the Israeli army was one of the architects of Hamas. Two years ago, Yossi Cohen, who was the head of Mossad, was in Qatar telling the Qataris to keep funding Hamas. So this is all bullshit. It's a bullshit question. The issue should be who has hijacked America and who should be thrown out? I would say we should do a complete intelligence analysis of all the universities that are taken over by Israel and Mossad. And there are many, many students in American universities, many professors in American universities who are funded by Israel and Mossad. In fact, they probably are citizens of Israel and Mossad. That's why everyone should come to our protest, our march at Harvard Square on November 11th, Saturday, because we're gonna expose Harvard and all these universities for what they are. They are the breeding grounds for Mossad. They're the breeding grounds for, uh, grounds for Zionism. Yes, uh, I hope everybody attends that event. I'm looking forward to it. We'll go on to the next question here. Last month, a six-year-old Palestinian American boy was killed in Illinois by his landlord and the boy the boy's mother was also stabbed more than a dozen times in what has been charged as a hate crime. What do you say to Muslim Americans who are also feeling afraid for safe, their safety right now? Yeah, so the, I think it was, it was a Palestinian boy who was stabbed, right, Chris? Yes, and, and the mother, I believe, as yeah. well. Yeah, so look, um, these questions we have to really understand who's asking these questions. What what news channel is this on? Is this on Fox? I'm not sure. I just know it's out of Miami. Yeah. So any, anyway, we have to understand that the entire debate there that you're watching tonight is supported by Zionists. Okay. The Zionist media is the one that's doing these debates. Any of the questions that are asked here are put into the context as though pe any of these people actually care about anyone being killed, Jewish people or Palestinians. They don't give a damn about any of these people. What they do care about is ensuring that Zionism prevails. The swarm continues to use Zionism. They want to ensure that a military base in the Middle East, which is AKA Israel, continues, and that we subjugate Jews and Palestinians, and more importantly, the American people are the ones who are paying for this. So any of these crocodile tears for Jewish people being attacked or crocodile tears for Palestinians are just trying to be balanced. That's what this question is, trying to balance the previous question. Okay, we, we gave something concerned about Jewish students, let's give something about Palestinians. But let's be clear, Chris, it's all bullshit. These people don't give a fuck about anyone. What they care about is making sure they get their ad revenue, right? They care about making sure that Zionism prevails. They care about making sure that Zionism is instantiated into every aspect of American culture and American working people who are not Zionists are subjugated. So that's where this is about. So obviously 
no one wants to see crime, you know, take place like this. But these people don't care about crime. They perpetuate this crime. They uh, guarantee you there will be many false flags in the United States. Maybe there'll be a shoot up and they'll say, ooh, a Palestinian went and shot up people. He was waving a Hamas flag. They love that because they want the American working people to not to be able to distinguish what Zionism is. Since 1948, the amount of propaganda that people have gotten not to be able to understand Zionism and equate it to Judaism and as though Israel serves the interests of the American people is what they're about. Because Zionists have taken over the political system, the financial system, Hollywood, the entertainment, all aspects of this. So they don't give a damn about a, a Jewish person being killed or a Palestinian person being killed. I do. I'm the only presidential candidate who does. And because I do, the solution for this is not one, not one fucking penny to Israel. Cut it all off today. And what we should do with America is we should send our fighting forces and actually be protecting the Palestinians and the Jewish people and take all of these war criminals and round them up and put them in military prison. That's what we should do. We should probably invade Israel on behalf of the Jews and Palestinians. We America has done that in other countries, have we not? We've invaded many countries, but we've always invaded countries on the behalf of dictators. Why don't we, for the first time, invade a fucking country on the behalf of the American people and the Palestinian people and the Jewish people? That's what we should do. And we would lose a lot less blood and the soldiers fighting there would actually be doing a noble deed. And by the way, someone just reminded us that we should talk about Shiva for President. Everyone, please, this is a quick ad. Go to Shiva for President, get one of these bumper stickers, put it on the back of your windshield, and it's a big F you to the swarm, a big F you to all these criminals up on the stage. Big F you to Netanyahu, big F you to Trump, big F you to Kennedy. Please do this, okay? This is something, go to Shiva for President and get one of these bumper stickers because you will hit 100,000 people. So if you like what you're hearing and you finally want one of us to be president, go do that. Okay, someone said they want 10. Jeremy, you can go a box of 10. But one of these bumper stickers basically says truth, freedom, health, right? And it basically says you have you taken a stand. You as an American person are tired of this bullshit. You're tired of being, you know, supported by, as Michelle says, uh, we have a new term that I coined called cock zuckers, okay? <laughs> Zuckers, those people, Zionists who suck Zionist cock. Okay, you do not want to support cock zucking. Okay, you do not want to. You want to rise up as an American who has the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and you finally want an American in there. That's who I am. Bottoms up. That's who Chris is. And that's who all of you are. Donald Trump ain't a fucking American. Okay, he brought in the swamp into the White House. Booby fucking Kennedy ain't an American. He will suck Zionist cock all day. He's probably sucked a bunch of other cop too, all right? But that's who these people are. They they have no values. They want to speak in diplomatic words. They don't want me ranting and raving and being aggressive. But that's what American people are. We are ranters and ravers, and we're very aggressive. That's how we got the, the British the fuck out of here. And we need to now get Zionism out of the United States. I completely agree. And if you agree, buy a bumper sticker because your children's lifespan is on track to be less than yours. So if you don't act now, your your children can look forward for, to a shorter Yeah, life. everyone should go to Shiva for president. Get those bumper stickers. If you want to donate money, do that. But know that I can't take money for nothing. When you donate, I send you books. I send you courses. So you get 
uh, unenslaved. That's what I do. They just want to take your fucking money and put it and give it to their consultants. By the way, I heard Booby fucking Kennedy's entire campaign staff left. Uh, his campaign manager left. He's got a CIA person now running his campaign. Fuck you, Booby. A lot of cock zucking going on in that. Yeah, a lot of cock zucking. Cock zucking. That's a new term. It should go <laughs> into the Webster Dictionary. I was the first to coin it. C-O-C-K zucking. Cock zuckers. That's what these people are. Everyone on stage is a cock zucker. Alrighty, we'll move on to the next one here. The United States has given Ukraine financial and military support since the war began more than 600 days ago. President Zelensky said on Sunday, if Russia isn't stopped now, the price will be higher for the United States and America would be forced to send your sons and daughters to defend NATO countries. Where do you stand on more funding for Ukraine? Okay, as the president of the United States, first of all, we would remove all funding from Ukraine, step one. We would get out of NATO. We would get out of the World Economic Forum. We would get out of all these nonsensical organizations, which are all cock-zucking organizations, okay? All of them we would leave. But more importantly, we would make sure all of our young people, we would support them in not fighting any of these wars. And anyone right now in the military, anyone right now in the military, as your future president, I'm going to tell you, do not go fight these wars, okay? And I would fully support your conscientious objection to fighting these wars. If you're a mother or a parent and you have your son in uniform, tell them, don't go fight these wars. They're not fighting for America. They're fighting for cockzuckers. That's what they're fighting for. They're fighting for cockzuckers and Zionists. They're not fighting for America. They're fighting for Zionism. They're fighting for the swarm. They're fighting for imperial interests. So for God's sake, do not have your kids go fighting these wars. We know in Vietnam, it took people almost 10 years to wake up and realize this. At the height of the Vietnam War, Chris, a lot of people don't know this. But by the way, who went to fight for Vietnam? I don't think many Zionists were on the front line. Do you? How many Zionists were fighting on the front line? I would say no one. But they were probably Zionists being officers or commanders. And at the height of the Vietnam War, at the height of the Vietnam War, 20% of the casualties, 20% of the casualties in the Vietnam War were the infantry soldiers, poor whites, poor blacks, poor Hispanics, taking their guns and shooting their own commanding officers. That and was called fragging because people realized they were fighting a war that made no sense, killing poor yellow people who had the same interests as they did. Okay, they were hardworking people. So again, I get back to the central thesis. None of these people are one of us. I'm one of us. You're one of us. We've come from below. Fuck these people. Do not fight their wars. Get unbrainwashed. Again, realize 35% of young people today are clinically depressed. And 65% of them do not want to send weapons to Israel. That's who I'm speaking to. Our campaign speaks to the young people who are tired, who are sick and tired of seeing the wealth in this country be scattered, the massive wealth transfer take place to Zionists who print money all day for their friends. And that's what we're here to stop. If we want to truly save America, then there's only one movement that can do that. Truth, Freedom, Health and Shiva for president, period. Yeah, and I think you should expand on that a little bit more. Uh, as we know, uh, you say often uh, the executive branch is corrupt, the judiciary is corrupt, and the legislative branch is corrupt. So how, how do you even expect to uh, make a change uh, if you were to be miraculously uh, elected president of the United States. 
Well, Chris, let's remove the word miraculously, okay? I don't think we should say that. The bottom line is that we're building a movement, okay? Every day that we, you know, we have, you know, thousands of people watching this today, okay? Every person who watches this and gets this, that's a win for our movement. That's a win for the presidency. If someone like me, who truly represents the people, truly, is to win the presidency, it's going to come from a movement. And the movement that we're, we're building and growing is a win every person that joins it and gets it. So it's a victory. And the miracle here is the fact that America allowed me and my parents to come here when I was a child and be able to prosper, get those degrees at MIT, create those businesses, create those jobs. That's the America that I grew up in, right? I, I did landscaping, you know, I did mowing lawns, I played baseball like every other kid. But I grew up around hardworking immigrants and people who grew up here. By the way, everyone's an immigrant, all right? All of us are. Just depends on when you came. But it was these immigrants who built this country. And we need to recognize that the only way that we're going to ever win is by building a movement and growing the movement for truth, freedom, health. It's the only solution that we have on the table, Chris. I completely agree. Uh, I think people need to put the ownership back in and, and take control of their lives and, and have personal accountability. Uh, great. Uh, so while we're waiting for the next question, I guess, uh, oh, here we go. And we are ready. Uh, many Republicans believe the Chinese Communist Party and General Secretary uh, Xi Jinping, I'm guessing, is an ex uh, existential threat to the United States. The flashpoint is Taiwan. For decades and decades, the United States Navy has declared an invasion of Taiwan, but Reagan's Navy of 600 ships is gone. President Trump's goal was a 355 ship Navy. He got to 300 ships, now it's at 291. Is that big enough to deter, and if necessary, defeat an invasion of Taiwan? First Another of all, I, I don't know, Chris, how many people have been to Asia. You know, I, I've, I've spent about a month, uh, you know, recently touring Hong Kong, Malaysia, you know, Bangkok, Singapore, et cetera. So I have a very deep and I, you know, I used to do um, for MIT. We did a, a lot of uh, we set up the MIT Singapore Alliance and you get a really deep understanding of Asia. Let me tell you that um, if America lives by the Constitution, lives by the Declaration of Independence, and we really have Americans running this country, China has nothing to be feared. I'm telling you this point blank, okay? If you go to Hong Kong right now, Hong Kong in 1997 was taken over by China. I mean, you go to Hong Kong, the in infrastructure there is quite extraordinary. I mean, when I got off the plane, Chris, in Hong Kong, within four minutes, five minutes, I was in my car through customs, and then you're in your hotel in about 10 minutes, the highways, the infrastructure, the buildings is quite phenomenal, okay? And that was done by the British, by the way. And I understand places like Shanghai even have better infrastructure. But you know what they don't have? They don't have freedom. All right. So you always feel and since COVID took place, China has clamped down on Hong Kong. Many, many expats, Americans, uh, British people, uh, Australians, New Zealanders who went to Hong Kong to make a lot of money left Hong Kong. Because you cannot forget um, that, yes, you can build all these ships and you can build all these um great infrastructure, but without freedom, it's a soulless society. And that's what I felt when I was in places like Singapore. You go to Singapore, everything works perfectly, perfectly. And you're 
sort of enamored by it for a little while. Then you realize, holy shit, I don't have any freedom here. Okay. And so we need to stop saying, oh my God, China has this, China has that. What we need to go back to is these core American values. The First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Declaration of Independence, which boldly states that the American people have a right to abolish and alter their government when it no longer serves them. What other piece of document says that in any other country? Nothing. We have the Bill of Rights. But what has happened is America has been hijacked from within. Khrushchev said that America will eat itself from within. So we should stop talking about China, 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 Russia. Those countries are building themselves from within with their own philosophies. And I don't agree with their philosophies of surveilling people, watching people, no First Amendment rights. They treat their people like dirt. But what we're doing is we have this amazing infrastructure of philosophy, right? Infrastructure of ideas. And that infrastructure of ideas is far more powerful when combined with people actually being active citizens and not letting ourselves be hijacked by Zionists. Mike Johnson, is a fucking Christian Zionist fanatic. The first day that he gets into office, what does he do? He passes a proclamation to support Israel. The first thing he should have done is pass a proclamation to fix the infrastructure in the, in the inner cities in this country. But you see what's going on? We're worried about other people. And whenever you see leaders pointing the fingers at other countries like Netanyahu did, Netanyahu pointed the fingers at Hamas because he was going to be overthrown. This is what should really alert people. Why don't we hunker down, stop these ridiculous wars, build the infrastructure of the United States, get rid of the Fed, get rid of all these people who are dual citizenship with Israel, and build the infrastructure of this country, which was innovation, freedom, great science, right? That's what we should get back to. And the only person that can do that is me, because I've done that. I'm an engineer, a scientist. I walk the walk. So all this fear about, yeah, China will keep making all their you know, uh, ships. But I can tell you this, that most of the people who are in China and the working people don't have loyalty to China. They would love to see the United States liberate them one day. Who wants to be working like a dog all day? And they have cancer cities in China. All right. So instead of talking about the real enemy, the real enemy is the Zionists in the United States, the swarm, the academics who are prostitutes in the United States, the Fed, the bankers, Let's talk about the real enemies. We don't need to talk about China. Let's talk about the enemies right here within and get rid of them. Yeah, as you were talking, speaking on that, I noticed a, another trend. This, this seems like the second debate in a row where everything is pointing the finger rather than reflecting and, and looking at oneself and uh, making the hard choices that need to be made here first at home. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we, we have the American lifespan if you have a child today, and Chris, you, you may want to bring that up. If you look at that lifespan that Chris is showing, there's a graph there. The American lifespan is going down. If you have a child today, your child is going to have a shorter lifespan than you. Did China create that? No. You know, what created that? That was created by United States politicians on the left and the right and quote unquote independence. So we live in a surveillance state right now. We think Elon Musk is an innovator. Come on, guys. The guy's a fucking fool, okay? Where government ends and Elon Musk begins, nobody knows. The backdoor portal to Twitter exists. It was my lawsuit that exposed that, and they conceal our lawsuit. Jim Jordan, another Zionist scumbag, conceals our lawsuit. He did the whole weaponization of government, Chris, but he never talked about our lawsuit. Why? Because it gives credit 
to a person who's not on the inside who actually did the work. Yeah, and I think it's important to bring up uh, that you're you're so dangerous that they can't even criticize you. Uh, it's like you're 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 literally Voldemort. They can't speak your name. Uh, well, not only that, we it's not only me. We have a massive movement. About a half a billion people throughout the world know about our movement. Know about Dr. Shiva for president. Um, you know, we have a half a million people in 120 countries who have been galvanized by our movement. Who've gone you know, who've gotten the training, that's what fears them. So they have to ignore us. And then they have to have Booby fucking Kennedy. By the way, Booby Kennedy sends his people to our events, steals our content. Um, for example, declare your independence is our campaign slogan since 2017. He stole that and takes it at his, but he will not say declare your independence from Zionism. Because he's a cocksucker. Yeah, he's a cocksucker. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so you uh, you touched on this briefly. Hey, John, you should make a T-shirt call. Are you a cock zucker? Okay, I'm sure it'll sell. Go ahead. You touched on this briefly, and I and I found it fascinating because uh, uh, I, I I know because you you taught me so well uh, the science of systems and uh, transport uh, represents uh, freedom, uh, and so uh, China not having the freedom uh, is no threat to us. Can you expand on that? Well, yeah. So, so again, this is, by the way, everyone should go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Uh, if you want to support everything we're doing, go there. It's a way you support yourself and you support our movement. Go there, become a Truth Freedom Health warrior scholar. If you go to Shiva for President, you can donate to our campaign and we give you that. Okay. But what we teach are the principles of governance, the principles of how your body works, the principles of every system on the planet. And there are nine principles, Chris, and anyone can learn this. You don't have to go to MIT. I took this knowledge and I brought it to people. But three of those principles are foundational principles you can use to understand how every system in the universe works. Transport, conversion, and storage, or sometimes called infrastructure, structure. Transport, conversion, infrastructure, structure. By the way, you won't have any other presidential candidate giving you this kind of education. They'll just keep asking you for money. So... If you look at those three principles, you guys may want to write that down in a triangle, transport, conversion, storage. Transport is related to freedom. Our movement, Truth, Freedom, Health, comes from scientific principles. Transport occurs everywhere in the universe. Right now, your body is transporting blood, circulating blood. That's a transport phenomenon, right? If you have some constrictions in blood, you're going to die, right? If you can't breathe, the movement of air, that's transport. If you don't have airflow, you're going to die. Okay, well, freedom is that aspect, the movement of us, information, right? The ability to speak openly and not get thrown off Twitter like I was because I exposed the government. The freedom to move from one place to another without having to carry ID cards like the Gazan citizens have to do. They can't go from one side of Gaza to the West Bank without getting authorization. That's not freedom, okay? That's what the United States is fighting for, all right? We support freedom. Netanyahu supports you know, oppression and imprisonment. So the transport concept, Chris, is related to freedom. So you can judge a society. How much transport do they have? How much freedom do they have? That's one way. Of, but there's two other principles. Conversion, Chris, is the aspect of taking something from one form and converting to another. Again, your body does that right now. It takes oxygen. It, you breathe it in. 
and the alveoli convert the oxygen, right? They give your red blood cells oxygen and they pull out CO2 and you breathe out CO2. That's a conversion process. Your body does that when you eat something, you digest it, your car does that. You put in gasoline, it converts it to mechanical motion. Well, conversion is also the process of science. You take all sorts of ideas, hypotheses, you apply the scientific method and you get truth out of that. Truth is really a verb. So our movement is based on freedom, transport, but also truth. And you can judge a society, a culture, by do they have freedom, transport, and how much great science do they have? How much great innovation do they have? Innovation is a process of taking all sorts of crazy business ideas and seeing which one actually becomes a viable business. All right. So um, that's the conversion process. And the third process, Chris, is structure or infrastructure or storage, right? How much highway systems does a, a, you know, do they have good water systems, right? Do they have good educational systems, right? Healthcare systems, that's the infrastructure. And in our body, the infrastructure is our bones, right? The thing that holds us up, that gives us good posture, right? Muscles, right? Our fascia. In a building, it's the beams of the building. So if you want to have a powerful system, it has to have transport, freedom. It has to have conversion, right? Truth and science and innovation. And it has to have structure and infrastructure. Three very powerful principles, right? So I have a very deep understanding of how we, we create a society. Engineers understand this. Electricians understand this. Plumbers, working people understand transport, conversion, storage, truth, freedom, health. You know who doesn't understand it? None of those scumbags on stage because they don't work for a living. They don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. All they want to do is to suck uh, Zionist cock all day and get elected. That's their, <laughs> they only live by one principle. Get elected, get elected, serve Zionism, get elected, serve Zionism, get elected, serve Zionism make money, make money, you know? They don't give a damn about the American people. They don't give a damn about the Palestinian people. They don't give a damn about the world. That's why our protests that we're planning, you know, for this um, uh, Friday, it's a very a bold move we're doing because many of you know that what occurred was uh, this fool, Bill Ackman, who, by the way, uh, as I understand from people who actually do investment, he just got lucky. He's not really that bright. Um, but he was saying that, the uh, protesters at Harvard, the young students, should all not be given jobs because they protested against Zionism. And um, but um, let me just share the screen here, Chris. But we are uh, calling upon all people of goodwill, right, to descend upon Harvard Square at 11:11, November 11th at 11 a.m. Harvard Square, and it's March on Harvard, Zionism's headquarters, and we have to recognize. If we want a free Palestine, we, we should stop. We should recognize that all of these namby-pamby liberal Zionists who say cease fire, peace now, they're not going to get free Palestine without freeing America. America has been occupied by Zionism. And I hope everyone comes. We'll be streaming it live, but to show up live in person. We need people there in person. I will be giving an actual tangible solution, Chris, how we end the genocide of the Palestinians and the enslavement of the working people here. Now we'll be talking about an actual solution, how we do this, Chris. So it's gonna be very powerful. We're gonna give an actual solution on how everyone can participate in um, freeing ourselves, freeing America, freeing Palestine, freeing the world. Yes, I can't wait. And I 
encourage everyone to join Dr. Shiva at Harvard Square on the 11th uh, at 11 a.m. And, and I also encourage all uh, Jewish students to come out there because I'm sure there are many Jewish students, oh, yeah. believe it or not, who do not support Israel bombing and butchering Palestinians. Right. But it's what's unique about our uh, demonstration is that it's boldly saying it's anti-Zionist. Okay. And it's not about ceasefire. You look, since 1980, I've led many protests against these Zionist criminals. And always those protests get diminished by these liberal Zionists who say ceasefire, ceasefire. Ceasefire means shit. Ceasefire means, okay, Israel gets to go back, renew, and then go do more bombing. If not now, five years from now, the occupation must end. But the occupation is not only in Israel. It's right here. We have Zionist occupation of America. And that's where it needs to end. Absolutely. Are you waiting for another question, Chris? We have another one. Uh, just just okay. got it. And by the way, to everyone watching, I am, uh, and I want to thank Chris Bradley, our anchor today, but we are literally answering each question that is being going live right now, Chris, right in the GOP debate. Yes. Uh, third GOP debate out of Miami. And we are, I'm fielding questions to Dr. Shiva. If you haven't already, go to uh, Shiva4president.com, pick up a bumpus, bumper sticker, give a big middle finger to those cocksuckers. All righty, we'll move on to the next question. Last week, Congressman Mike Gallagher, chairman of the House Bipartisan Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, published a long essay on TikTok following the flooding of pro-Hamas propaganda across TikTok accounts throughout the United States. Congressman Mike Gallagher called it shocking. He called the app predatory, controlled by America's preeminent adversary, one used to push propaganda and divide America. It's spyware, he said, it, a means of surveillance. Do you agree with Congressman Gallagher and would you ban or force the sale of TikTok? No, what I would ban is the Cybersecurity Information Security Act, which was passed by Congress on November 16, 2018, which destroyed the First Amendment on social media. That's what should be banned because it allows government to have direct access to social media companies. That's what occurred. Now, maybe the U.S. government doesn't have access to the backdoor portal of TikTok, and that's what they're really upset about, all right? They surely have access to Twitter. That's why Elon Musk keeps getting government contracts, and they make him look like he's a fighter for free speech. And he's like, ooh, DHS and CISA are now controlling us? Bullshit. He knew that three years ago, all right? So this is all acting. So the United States government has access to all of the social media companies. Why don't they take down Twitter? If that's Why don't they take down all of these other social media companies? What should really happen, Chris, is all of the social media companies should become public utilities of the American people if they're operating here. That's what should happen because these social media companies have become public infrastructure at this point. These guys have made enough money. You know, the US patent law is interesting. If you create something for 20 years, you have rights, and then it becomes a property of the public, right? Generic drugs are like that. When a pharmaceutical company makes a drug, for 20 years, they get to reap the royalties. After 20 years, it becomes public property, right? It's, it's a generic. Now, that was created by the founders of the United States. Are you gonna call the founders communists? No. They did this for a certain reason. They wanted to give the entrepreneurs 
an opportunity to reap rewards, but at a certain point it becomes public property, which is a good thing. So all of these social media companies, in my view, should be seized by the American people. Every American should own a small piece of stock equally in all of these companies. That's what should really happen. So if you want to talk about banning TikTok, let's talk about banning the United States government access to all the social media companies. So the first thing I would ban, Chris, by executive order is the cybersecurity information, sorry, the Cyber Security Infrastructure Security Agency Act, which created CISA, that Trump signed into law, that every representative in Congress and Senate unanimously voted for. That's what needs to happen. They're, they're, they're upset with TikTok because they can't control it, but they can control Musk. They can control because the government tells Musk to shadow ban me. The government tells Musk, you know, what my reach is. And Musk has openly said free speech doesn't equal free reach, which is what the ADL is all about. Yeah. So again, we're back to this theme of pointing fingers, not, you know, looking outward for a problem. Uh, I, I think you'll, I think most of these questions will reflect that. Uh, so as we're waiting for the next question, I guess we'll uh, just throw you a random curveball here. Uh, who is this form and how, how are they? Uh, uh, is it is it one organization or is it a loosely connected group? How, how would you describe this form? Yeah, so, so many of you listening know that there's a video I did um, about a couple of months ago. And that video, in spite of all the shadow banning, um, other people took the video and they put it out everywhere and people can find that video on truthfreedomhealth.com. And if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, and I'm going to bring it right up now, um, you will find out there is uh, on the website, truthfreedomhealth.com. Uh, this is our educational site. There's two videos on the top. The left one is a swarm video and the right one explains our movement. And this video right here the in 15 minutes, every child, every person on the planet should watch this video because it's your first step towards liberation. It will teach you who the swarm is. And in that video, Chris, to summarize, what I explained to people is that the swarm is not any one person. It's not any one location. It's like the swamp. You see, the swamp is not correct. It is more like a set of people, a set of organizational structures that are closely interwoven and they also have their own competing interests. So if you watch a swarm of birds, it's not like they all move in one direction. They sort of do a dance They're They have competing interests, but overall they stay together. It's called swarm intelligent. It comes out of system science. So when you understand this, it gives a much more nuanced view of how all of this works. This is why you have people saying, Oh my God, John Kennedy was fighting for us. No, he was part of the swarm. That was one wing of the swarm executing another wing of the swarm because they had a disagreement. So no one should feel sorry for John Kennedy. As Malcolm X said, the chickens came home to roost. He was part of an organized crime family, right? Oh my God, the CIA took him out. Look, the CIA is just organized crime, guys. The FBI is organized crime. Joe Kennedy's organized crime. When one wing of the organized crime takes out another wing, why are you lamenting? They're all organized crime against us. So that's what the swarm is. It's a set of organized criminals who have different areas. They have their own differences from time to time, but they do not represent us. They're the 0.000001%, Chris, who have learned the science of systems. And using system science, which is, what, which is why I believe everyone must learn this, 
you know, as president, I would every Sundays, I would probably teach a system science course to all 8 billion people on the planet. That's what I would do. Because once you understand system science, you become a powerful, intelligent human being. You understand all the machinations and the manipulations. You understand who the swarm is and you rise up from below to shatter the swarm. And that's what needs to be done. We must shatter the swarm. Shiva for president is about shattering the swarm. It's about you. It's not me just saying that, it's truly about you. So the swarm is a decentralized, you know, multi-aristocracy group of people all over the world who communicate telepathically among each other to maintain their interests. The prince of Saudi Arabia, the king of Saudi Arabia is part of the swarm. He works with Zionism. You don't see all these Arab leaders helping Palestine. I mean, which Arabs are helping Palestinians? They haven't. They're striking deals with, you know, with Zionism. If the quote unquote Muslims and Arabs truly were unified, right? There would be no war right now, right? There would be no contest, but the reality is they all work for Zionism. They all work for the swarm. Absolutely. And and we're still waiting for questions. So we're just going to wing it for a little bit. Well, uh, I, think, I think, Chris, if you look at what's going on in the debate, uh, maybe you can just summarize what's the question that was asked and what these numbnuts, how they're behaving to everyone listening. I mean... Just really just going to go over everything. Like I said, it's it's a bunch of finger pointing. It's a bunch of uh, hand waving, uh, supporting on both sides of the argument. They're placating to to uh, Israel, you know, Israel, the Israeli side. They're placating towards the Palestinians. So they're wishy-washy with their answers. It's just typical politician stuff. And Is yet any, anyone on that debate stage, Chris, talking about the plight of the American working people, is anyone talking about this fact? that since 1970, nearly $50 trillion were siphoned from the American working people to the elites. Is anyone talking about the 600 billionaires who made $2.3 trillion during the pandemic? Is anyone talking about the fact that, you know, 35% of young people today are clinically depressed? Is anyone talking about the fact, you know, in the next few years, 4 billion people on the planet are gonna be clinically obese? Is anyone talking about the fact of the working people? Is anyone talking about the fact that the lifespan of an American child is now less than the, their parents? I'm the only one talking about that. Everything they're doing is not talking about the fundamental problems that they have created. Everyone on that stage is a criminal. Everyone on that stage is part of organized crime families. And they do not have the integrity to talk about this because none of them have gotten dirt under their fingernails to really work hard. None of them have have experienced the American journey. Not, none of them have struggled. Frankly, none of them care about the American people. So all the questions that they're asking, Chris, is all theater. It's all bullshit. And everyone out there listening to this, you should, guys should be retweeting this, reposting this, and inviting people to come watch this. And that's what everyone can do right now. All of you right now, while we're waiting for the next question, take a few moments to retweet this, comment on this, and get this out there. If you're on Facebook, let as many people know about this, that you finally have a real candidate. You finally have a real movement. Go to Shiva for president right now. Download that flyer in the download section. You know, get the bumper sticker. You know, support this campaign. Volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. We need to get on the ballot in every state. So we need you to volunteer. This is your movement. Embrace it. Embrace it.
And the only reason we're doing this GOP debate is to give you guys an actual alternative so you don't have to be bamboozled by a bunch of fucking morons and cocksuckers. So please take advantage of this. Get this out there. Someone said, thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes. And remember, I don't know if John is here. John, can you show that whip that Lord Jesus would take unto these people right now? Is John there? Do we have the whip? John, let's call up John. Send a message to John. Yeah, and so I'll... Uh, let, me call, let me ask John. Um, John, someone just put... Hold on. Uh, so we're going to have John. John has a very nice prop that he likes to bring up. Um, yes, let's do a reenactment. Of hey, John, can you bring us... In the temple. Can you bring up the whip, John? People want to see the whip. Can you just bring it in? The Jesus whip? Thank you. So... Uh, someone said, finally, thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, you know, I personally have a personal relationship with Christ. I don't like to go to these evangelical churches. But John is John is showing something very important. We will be offering this on our shop. This is one of the whips that Christ used to whip the bankers and whip the swarm out of the temple. And that is what is needed. We need that whip. Okay. And to all of you guys who are Christians, John, please show that again. Please show that again. John is a very, very devout Catholic. And John is of the opinion that we need to be selling that on our shop. And uh, John's just trying to figure out how to put truth for the mouth <laughs> on it. But, you know, most Christians do not want to talk about what Christ did, right? Christ whipped the shit out of these bankers, the shit out of, frankly, the not so obvious establishment. And that's what we need to do. That whip needs to be taken to all those people on the stage. And I believe if Christ was here, he would whip all those people off the stage. First thing he would do. He would clean yeah. up house. Do you do you think uh, Christ would be supporting Benjamin Netanyahu's bombing of the Palestinians in Gaza? Is that the question? Well, it's a great. I think it's a great question. So, to everyone listening, what we need, I'm going to give a quick history lesson here, Chris. You know, um, the concept, this whole concept of Armageddon, the Jews returning to Jerusalem, salvation comes, and I mean, this is comes out of uh, first of all. This is all made up fantasy. And if any um, uh, relationship they have to us, any references comes out of Revelations, Christ never spoke this stuff, okay? Christ never talked about the Jews returning back to Jerusalem and butchering Palestinians. I don't think Christ ever talked about that. So around the 1600s, there was this notion of Jews actually converting to Christianity. And that was the only way that salvation would come unto them. By the 1800s, this philosophy had changed to Christian Zionism by a guy called Wilhelm Heckler, who met Heckler, who met uh, an atheist by the name of Theodore Herzl. Theodore Herzl was an atheist. He didn't believe in God. He was the one who founded Zionism. And he wrapped up, he took some stuff from uh, uh, Judaism, some stuff, but it was a political ideology based on racism, a separatist philosophy which was separating itself from the pogroms that were going on to the Jews instead of organizing them to fight against the oppression that they were enduring in Europe. Um, his goal was to separate them, right? Which was based on supporting anti-Semitism, very much like what Marcus Garvey did in the United States, supporting the Klan in many ways. Oh, let's have our own place. So we have to understand that uh, Theodore Herzl was an atheist, and Mark, um, uh, Wilhelm Heckler was a Christian Zionist who created this philosophy. They both met. 
And this gave rise to Christian Zionism, the concept that Jews must go back to Jerusalem. And then this, you know, events take place. And then we have, you know, everything reset or whatever. Right. But this is just nonsense. This was just made up shit. And you should contrast that to what Christ actually said. Love thy neighbor. Right. Uh, the New Testament is one of redemption. The Old Testament is of a vindictive God who just goes and kills everyone. OK. Um, the whole purpose of uh, Christ was a. Uh, redemption of one of love, right? Uh, for humanity, love for neighbors. This has nothing to do with what's going on in Palestine. So all you fucking Christian Zionists, all right? You don't know what the fuck Christ talked about. You're not Christians. At best, you're Zionists. And by the way, we have to recognize many of the evangelicals, Chris, in the United States report directly to Israel. They work with Mossad. They're friends with Bibi Netanyahu, and I don't mean this. I mean this literally. I was doing a podcast several weeks ago, and there was a woman who was, she says, you know, Dr. Shiva, thank you very much for your knowledge. I was a Christian Zionist. I went to a church in Texas, which our pastor is an evangelical Christian Zionist. He later told me that he is good friends with Netanyahu. Now, how is that? How is a preacher in Texas who's promoting Christian Zionism friends with Netanyahu? And I will put my money on it that many of the large evangelical preachers who promote Christian Zionism work closely with the Israeli intelligence services. So what's happened is America, Chris, has been infiltrated, infiltrated by Zionism. And so you have these hardworking American people who have been like a cult brought into Christian Zionism, which has nothing to do with the teachings of Christ. So all of you people, when you go to your Christian Zionist friends, these are people, and we have many people in our movement who are challenging their pastors right now. And I challenge any evangelical pastor, and you should challenge them, how can you support the butchering of the Palestinian people? Did Christ support stealing other people's land? I don't think so. So everything Zionism stands for is antithetical to the teachings of Christ. Yes, I completely agree. And the Palestinians are literally uh, people born in the same area where, where Christ was born. So it's it's unthinkable to even think. Yeah, Christ would take a whip to DeSantis. He would whip the shit out of Nikki Haley. Okay. He would whip the hell out of Donald Trump. He would whip uh, probably more than whip Vivek the snake. Okay. Um, and you can go on because these people do not have anything to do with Christ. Uh, they do everything anti-Christian. If anything, you could think about all those people up there spawns of anti-Christ. They have nothing to do with Christ, nothing to do with spirituality, nothing to do with what everyday working people in the United States want. Absolutely. Let's move on to the next question here. Millions have fled political and economic turmoil from Venezuela. Many Venezuelan immigrants are settling in Florida. Former President Trump and President Biden have taken different approaches to Nicolas Maduro's regime with little result. Former President Trump put economic pressure on Venezuela and backed one of Maduro's rivals. President Biden temporarily eased sanctions to encourage electoral reforms. Do you see the political situation in Venezuela as a threat to the United States? And what would your approach be, again, pointing the finger outwards? Yeah, so so it's really interesting, right? I mean, I mean, what is Venezuela's GDP? Do you know what it is, Chris? Uh, it's a lot. It's it's pretty insignificant compared to most GDPs. I know that. I know. Yeah. Uh, 
So, um, you know, Venezuela's GDP is $482 billion, okay? What is the GDP of the United States, Chris? Does anyone know? By the way, the GDP measures the economic strength of a company, of a country, okay? What is the GDP of the United States? It's like 20 trillion or something. Yeah, it's 22 trillion, right? Uh, so the US GDP is about $23 trillion, okay? Um, and the GDP per capita, if you took the GDP, 23 trillion, and we have about 330 million people in the United States. We have $70,000, right, per capita GDP. Now, Venezuela um, is $482 billion. They have 23 million people. Their GDP is $3,000, okay? I'm sorry, three, their GDP per capita. So we are 20 times, 25 times bigger than this little country down there, okay? And... Why are we fucking with Venezuela? Can anyone tell me this? Why are, they have their own philosophy, they have their own governance systems. Why are we going and poking their bear? What, what do we get out of it? As a little small country, $482 billion. And if you compare the GDP of Venezuela to the GDP, let's say you compare the GDP of Venezuela to the GDP of Massachusetts, right? What is Massachusetts, which is you know the state that I'm in? Well, Massachusetts GDP is around $688 billion, okay? So <laughs> Massachusetts GDP is more, is 50% more than the GDP of Venezuela. Why are we, why are we even talking about Venezuela? Can someone tell me this? Can anyone even talk about why we're thinking that Maduro is a threat to the United States? And I'll tell you why. This comes from the philosophy of a scumbag warmonger called Henry fucking Kissinger. Okay. The guy's probably taking adrenochrome all day. The, you know, the guy's still, you know, living quite well. He was the one that was invited by another imperialist scumbag, John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy's the one who allowed Kissinger and he created the domino theory. The domino theory was, ooh, we can't let any other country be its own sovereign nation. We have to brand them as communists and we have to go halfway around the world to Vietnam and destroy them. So we send 17, 18 year old poor blacks, poor whites, poor Hispanics halfway around the world to get butchered because of this domino theory. That's where all of this comes from. We need to let all this shit go. I don't even want to, I think this question is nonsense. I mean, the Venezuelan people, I, I have very, very good friends, you know, uh, of all different mixed races who go to Venezuela. There's a lot of a very diverse culture there. They have their own natural resources. Leave them the fuck alone. Leave them alone. They're, they're a flea on the U.S. back. We have more problems to deal with. Leave Venezuela alone. U.S. out of Venezuela. U.S. out of Palestine. That's what we should do. U.S. the fuck out of all these places. The only places we should send people military aid is to the Palestinian people. That's the only place we should be sending military aid. And leave the Venezuelans alone, please, for God's sake. Why are we going and poking the bear everywhere? Why don't we go, go poke the bear at the Zionists right here? Why don't we go poke the bear at all the bankers, Jamie Dimon, and all the bankers in Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs who have taken over the United States economy? Why don't we go to war against them? We should go to war against Zionism right here in the United States. 
we're going to war against the wrong people. We're a $22 trillion economy, and now we have $33 trillion in debt, okay? That's where we're at. And this debt was created by Zionist finan financiers. We're going against the wrong people. Leave these people alone. Stop the embargo against all these countries. Let them also thrive. You know, the Cuban people have been through enough. It's not about pro-Cuba, anti-Cuba. These are small little countries. It's total nonsense. Total, total nonsense. Always diverting it to some other country. Ooh, what do you think about over here? What do you think about over here? What do you think about Iran? What do you think about... The question is, what do I think about Jamie Dimon? What do I think about Joe Biden? What do I think about Nikki Haley? What do I think about Vivek the Snake? All those people out there should be prosecuted. If you look at all those people on the debate stage, Chris, every one of them is part of organized crime. They've made all their money not working hard, but through their contacts and through their fraternity of organized criminals. We should go to war against a 0.0001% in the United States who steal from the American working people. Not with Maduro, not with Khomeini, you know, or whatever. The, you know, this is all nonsense. We should go to war of people who um, suppress the American worker. Right. And it's always the the poor and working class who suffer. These uh, these elite, they never suffer any consequences for their Yeah, assets. Eduardo Maya just put up South uh, America's rich resource. What we're practicing is the British imperial philosophy of divide and rule. We go to countries, we start a war, but ultimately what we want to do is we want to ransack their oil or their gold or their diamonds or their copper. That's what this is about. So for God's sakes, everyone, listen. Listen very carefully. Everyone on that stage, including Booby, Kennedy, and Biden, please write this down. They do not work. They do not work. So if you don't work for a living, what does work mean? You make something, you have a service, you have a skill, you sell your skill, and you get money for that. That's being an honest day's work. These guys don't work. So how do they make money? They go exploit other people's labor. They go exploit other people's resources. They're like greedy vultures. So they see Venezuela. Ooh, they got a lot of oil. They got a lot of diamonds. They got a lot of gold. What can I do to go fuck them up start some shit, and on the back end, I'll come and I'll steal their resources. Anytime the United States government starts shit with other countries, there's an economic interest. Britain did this all over India. They came in, they divided, they started Muslims hating. I mean, before the British came, Muslims, Indians, all these people lived in relative peace. So same with Africa. They had their very clear borders. Britain went in there, drew random nation states and had everyone fighting against each other. Once they got people fighting against each other, then they could steal their diamonds. Cecil Rhodes did that. So we have to understand these people who do not work for a living. It's like uh, there's a slogan in my language in Tamil, which says, um, uh, which means the nature of a monkey. If you leave a monkey who has nothing to do, he'll figure out some bad bad shit, bad shit stuff to do, okay? You'll start doing all sorts of wacky shit, you know? You'll start throwing a shit around the room. That's what these elites are. They have, they live these luxurious lives. They bang whoever they want. They're adulterers. They go to Epstein's Island. They don't know what the fuck to do with their lives. They have no governance of themselves, so they always want to go start shit with other countries. They got to go start shit, and they start the shit, 
that their bankers come in and they use poor white black kids to go start wars and they steal other people's shit. They're criminals, guys. So we have to really reframe all these questions. Do the American people want to support organized crime? And 2024, you have a chance with my candidacy, our movement to stop that. We have to reframe these questions. Why are we fucking with Venezuela? And what did we do all over South America? We destroyed Chile's economy. We Anaconda mines supported Allende, a dictator, and we stole all the copper out of Chile, right? That's what we did. Rhodesia, right? Britain and the United States supported Cecil Rhodes and Rhodesia, and we stole all the diamonds from the Africans, right? That's what this is all about. These people do not work. Power, profit, control. They do not work. They do not work. None of those people on there work for a living. They're all, by the way, I think they're all lawyers too. They don't work. All right. Think about what lawyers do, Chris. They don't work. What they do is they give you a bill for their hours and you can't argue with them. Ooh, if, if you don't pay me, I'm not going to represent you. Right. The entire culture of lawyers comes from a culture of exploitation. We should teach everyone to be lawyers in high school, Chris. Everyone should learn how to represent themselves. That entire um, legal function should be taught to everyone. Like, you know, math, right? Like, you know how to wipe your ass. That's what should be taught, right? The legal profession should be eliminated. To say if you taught law in school, you might actually have a useful skill when you left school. So that'll never happen. So let's move on to the next. <laughs> no, but we will. So let me tell you what we will do as president, Chris. We will use the bully pulpit of the White House every day, seven days a week. We will be doing lectures. That's what the White House is going to become. We'll teach people system science on Mondays. Tuesdays, we'll teach people how to innovate. Thursdays, you know, we'll teach people how to, yes. And we do that every day. By the way, people should come to our um, events every, uh, if you don't know about this, this is exactly what we do. If you come to, I'll put this up, come to our orientation, go sign up, go to uh, our open house. You can go to shiva4president.com slash townhall or vashiva.com slash orientation. 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Sign up. You will, we'll teach you stuff. And I'm not going to do anything different as president, Chris. We're just going to keep educating people. The goal of myself as a president is to empower people so they can, you know, do systems overhauls and overthrow all of these corrupt people in their own local governments. That's the goal. Absolutely. Take care of the micro. The macro takes care of itself. Exactly. Decentralized. Let's move on to the next question. We're actually doing a bit of self-reflection, so a change, a change up here. One of the biggest issues for voters is the economy. An Iowa voter recently told NBC News, how am I going to make my pantry stocked without breaking the bank? Many Republicans have said the best way to combat rising prices is to cut government spending, but that would make that would take time to play out. What do you? Uh, what would you do uh, to the movement to take office uh, to help Americans with the cost of living? Yeah, so so it's a great question. So Chris, for the last again, if you show that graph again, if Chris shows that graph, let me. Uh, I'm going to go to a. Let me answer this question. Um, by the way, letting everyone know that I'm going to teach everyone very quickly economics here, okay? 
None of these presidential candidates even understands how to add one plus one is two. They don't understand what the money supply is. And they've made sure that the American people are, are completely ignorant. So let's just take it something very simple here. First of all, um, let's look at it this way, okay? Um, let's say, Chris, you and I were the only people who controlled water to all of America. And that we had a big pipe. And then you and I had the ability to turn up that pipe or shut it off, okay? That's called water supply, right? And um, everyone knows water is essential to life. So if you and I controlled water, Chris, we would be pretty powerful people, right? And let's say it was not only you and I controlled water. Let's say the government had given us the rights to decide how much water went into the public, right? Into different reservoirs, okay? Sort of like Israel gets to decide how much water goes into Gaza. Exactly. But if you think about it, let's say the government gave us a monopoly, you and I, and we're two private citizens. And we started a company called Chris and Shiva Water Supply Inc. Let's call it the Chris, and let's in fact call it the Federal Reserve, okay? So you and I became the Federal Reserve and we got to control how much water goes into different reservoirs. And let's consider those reservoirs to be banks, okay? So we get to control how much water goes into these reservoirs. Mm. All right. So that's what occurred in 1913. Okay. The United States government outsourced the printing of money, money supply, like water supply, to something called the Federal Reserve. Even though the Treasury put their name on the dollar, they outsource the printing of money, right, into these banks, the distribution of those banks to the Federal Reserve. Does that make so sense? Pedro Wilson, uh, December 24th, 1913. Yep. So, but we need to understand that, and these are a private organization called the Federal Reserve, got given the exclusive contract, okay? Just like water to decide where money would go. Isn't that against the Constitution? It's completely, it's against a coinage issue, right? But they subverted that because they said, oh, this is not actual coins, this is paper, right? Because it's electronic. So anyway, there's a long history there. But the bottom line, none of these uh, presidential candidates will discuss this, that this was what took place in the United States. So you and I, let's say I'm a 50% owner of the Federal Reserve. You're 50% owner. And by the way, the Fed has many owners. The uh, We got the right to print money. We control the money supply, like controlling the water supply. Now, why is this important? Well, if, if we let out a lot of water, a lot of money, right, out into society, what goes to the price of water in that case, Chris? Does it go up or down? It goes down. It goes down because we have a lot of water. Supply, supply goes up, price goes down. Similarly, if we put a lot of money out there, what goes to the cost of money? It goes up or down? goes down. Interest rates go down. Interest goes rates. So interest rates are a measure of the cost of money. All right. So Obama, on behalf of the bankers who get all this money, who, by the way, were loaning money in ridiculous ways, were making money in 2008, loaning money and packaging products made a ton of money. But then they all crashed because they gave loans to people who should never have gotten loans. So what did the Federal Reserve do? 
they came and saved all the big banks. They printed money for them. That was in 2008, $8 trillion. So they gave them all water. They should have starved. They should have died. These big banks should have failed. But we, should, we should have hoped harder. What's that? Should have hoped harder. Yes. But but the bottom line is they fed the devil. They fed Satan. They saved, Obama saved Satan. Okay. And $8 trillion went out. And it artificially, since 2008, kept interest rates low because they put out all this money. Now, who did that help? It helped people like Jared Kushner. It helped people like Donald Trump. It helped all the elites. It helped people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos because they could now get low interest loans to build their businesses, which were supported by and for the swarm. That's what happened. And so from 2008 to 2020, all their businesses with low interest rates succeeded. Now, late 2018 and 19, as that money supply was drying up, guess what happens? Interest rates were going up naturally, right? Because they put a lot of water out there and then the drought comes because they didn't really support a real economy. And that's why if you look in 2018 and 19, all over the world, people were protesting against corruption, against high prices, right? And so then they created a pandemic. It was because the economy was running on fumes. They don't really have a real economy. So Trump was brought in to execute the pandemic and to print $8 trillion again in one term. So $8 trillion in two terms, that's what Obama did. Trump did $8 trillion in one term. You see, as this process goes, they need more money in a shorter period of time because the whole thing is running on fumes. All right. So the reason the American working people are suffering is because every time you print money, you're printing more money out there, right? Then what they do is they have to say, shit, we can't have um, uh, that the, the, the more money that's out there, it also starts creating inflation because now people are getting access to capital and they're all competing for the same set of resources. And you have a supply chain issue too after the pandemic. They artificially minimize, right, the access to products. So now people, inflation is going up. But all of this began with the printing of money to save the elite's businesses. So let me summarize. The Zionist swarm prints money for his Zionist friends so they can make money. And because all of their businesses are actually running on fumes. So the, so the swarm runs bogus economies, really not real thriving businesses. So the way they thrive is just by having money. Imagine, Chris, you're running a business and I don't know, you're selling teacups, right? And you know it costs X to sell a teacup and you, you can um, X to make it and Y you can get for it. Let's say you don't really have a good business. You're, you're paying yourself a big ass salary and it doesn't matter how many teacups you make. It's a bogus business and you keep getting loans from a bank to support it. That's not a real business. So that's what the elites have. They have bogus businesses and they need to print money and get loans to support these bogus businesses. A real business is me going out, innovating something like Cytosol, spending time to figure it out, you know, working hard, being frugal, making products that really work. So they're not running real businesses. So because they don't run real businesses, they have to print money to help their friends who don't run real businesses. Every time they print money, it causes inflation for all of us. They're thriving. We're not. So what is fun? So, so what happens is. The Republicans say, oh, we need less government. 
and the and the Democrats say no. We need to help more people. We need to create. You know, um, we need to give people um, money, right? So this is this dialectic. But both of these people are into printing money. Trump printed money. Obama printed money. Obama printed eight trillion. Trump printed eight trillion. Everyone get that? Republicans and Democrats are helping their friends, their billionaire friends, run bogus economies. The only way out of this, there's only one way out of this. And that way is making sure that the leaders of this country who are running this country, the people who are actually operating this country, are focused on unleashing innovation from below, unleashing freedom, unleashing real science. Now, who's going to do that? A lawyer? A fucking fake reality show businessman? Or someone like me? Someone like you? We're going to be shortly releasing over the next two weeks people who will be in my cabinet, Chris. And you're going to see it's everyday people who actually do work. All of the people in these people's cabinets are people who funded them, gave them money. That's not, that's nepotism. So the reason we're in this condition is not because of big government or small government. Obviously, we believe in decentralized government, but that's not the real issue. It's an insider's game. It's a bunch of swarm creatures who are printing money to help themselves. Look at this guy, Vivek the Snake, comes up with the bogus pharmaceutical product, a useless drug that he buys. He knows it fails. He has his mama write a study to make this useless drug look real. And then he goes and scams shareholders and he makes $50 million and he tanks a company. This is not real innovation. All these people are scamsters. And you know who pays for that? The American working people. So if the cost of goods is high and your cost of products are high, it's because of these people. The real war is a class war, Chris. That's what's really going on. So people who are able to have, uh, you know, maybe buy some meat and get some good eggs and get some fresh vegetables, American families are cutting back on that. They're getting more and more junk food. So that's why the lifespan is going to keep going down. People cannot afford good food. They can't afford clean air, clean water, clean food. The elites can. And this is directly related to the money supply. Money supply, money supply, money supply. Again, I would teach this as president so people really understood how the, um, how the economy worked so they don't get bamboozled. Follow the money. The right term is follow the money supply. Who controls the money supply? So basically, the Fed created money and they gave it to their bankers. The bankers took that. They gave it to BlackRock. And BlackRock basically put in investments to feed it back to their friends in banks and at the Fed. It's a big Ponzi scheme. The whole thing is a Ponzi scheme. I agree. Uh, what, what do you say to people uh, who say- is, is this the next question, Chris? Uh, yeah, we got two. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna, a uh, quick comment, because you mentioned uh, about the uh, cabinet and you selecting people from 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 the bottoms up movement. Uh, interesting note is that uh, Barack Obama's cabinet picks were leaked. They were actually handpicked by the CEO of Citibank. So his entire first cabinet, hope and change candidate Barack Obama himself, his entire cabinet was handpicked by a banking CEO. So that's yeah, who's also a Zionist. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so well, we'll move on here.
Americans in rural communities are being especially squeezed by inflation right now. An Iowa State University study last year found that inflation costs rural households about $5,000, an extra $5,000. How would you specifically help rural Americans who are suffering right now? So, so Chris, let me go back to that. Can you restate that? Um, you said that the Amer uh, Iowa State study found what? This $5,000? Yes. Can you be a little more clear? It found that the inflation costs of rural households, so specifically rural. So uh, I believe this goes to this idea of people are being who are living outside of the cities, you know, living on their own, living off the land are being forced into these, into these cities, being forced to start being first time renters for, for instance. And this kind of goes along with the world economics, uh, forums, uh, plan to get everybody in these smart cities and, uh, eat the bugs, you know? Yeah. Well, look, I think the, the, the framework of America, the reason this country was very, very powerful, the reason it challenged every other nation, the reason its GDP was so high, and between 1900 and 1970s, when the American GDP grew, Chris, and the reason it grew was it was based on immigrants, it was based on people working hard, right? Having these very fundamental core values that you reap what you sow, it wasn't based on handouts. Let's, let's be very clear on that. And if you look at that period, the economy grew profoundly. As GDP grew, everyone's wages grew. It was one of the prosperous times of America. This is why my parents decided to come to the United States, right? But between 1970 to today, what ended up happening was there was a consolidation of the elites in 1970 in every aspect of America, in academia, financial systems, in the entertainment systems. And you can go, you can go study, it's well written about 1970 was a very important point. Pharmaceutical companies, hospitals, and insurance companies all came together to control healthcare. In academia, the Mansfield Amendment, NIH, NSF, universities, all consolidated, right? So they could control academic research. And this occurred in every aspect of American life. It was no longer truly a market uh, economy. It became consolidated, became imperial. And between 1970 to today, the swarm has ensured that it continues to survive and they want to make people dependent chris that's the goal here so what you're saying with iowa and the rural farmers is they do not want people to be you know independent being able to work hard uh promote the right value systems they want us to be sucking off the titty at every level and that's what this debate is about they want you to think Vivek the snake is going to help you, a piece of shit? I mean, the guy should be slapped upside the head several times. I'd like to really get this guy in a boxing rink, okay? Or DeSantis, right? Again, DeSantis and Vivek the snake are both from Harvard and Yale, which is the institutions which are the training grounds of the swarm. And you look at Nikki Haley, who just wants to kill all the Palestinians. She said that openly. So all of those people up there want you to depend on them as though they're going to come from above and save us. Our movement is the only campaign, Chris, which is saying it's about you. When people go to Shiva for president and they support our campaign, we are enabling them to rise up from below. When people go to Truth, Freedom, Health, we're teaching people the science of systems so they become smarter, smarter than Henry Kissinger or George Soros because these guys have learned the science of systems. Now, I don't need to do that. I could keep all that knowledge to myself and try to control people. 
but the knowledge that we put up on truth for health is to teach people how to be stand up on their own two feet when people come to our movement and support our campaign our goal is to not it's not about me it's about you it's about collectively building a movement to take back not only this country but but the american worker has a huge duty to the rest of the working people of the world because we have the first amendment and the second amendment and that's what this is about this is about truly human freedom if you want to take it from a spiritual perspective it's about each one of us connecting to our own creator standing up on our own two feet and being good human beings these people want to make us dependent 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 as though donald trump is going to come save us dependent as though some kennedy is going to come save us right and that's why they have to shadow ban me chris that's why they have to make people like me who come from below invisible they do not want our value systems out there these people are satanic people satan wants you to be dependent on him god wants you to be a free human being free will free choice you stand up on your own two feet you you live by the sword and you die by the sword your actions determine your future and that's what this is about so everyone here listening to this has a huge opportunity tonight you can go support our campaign you can become volunteers you can learn how to win you can become a leader go get the bumper sticker when you put it up on your back windshield you're basically saying fuck you that you believe in truth freedom health that you believe that you want what america was created for that you do not want to be a zionist whore you do not want to be a cocksucker to zionism and that's why this issue the palestinian people are being butchered have given unfortunately in a in a very macabre type way a huge opportunity to the american people to wake the fuck up do you want to support zionism do are you okay with politicians having dual citizenship with israel every nearly every member of the cdc has dual citizenship with israel who are the people unleash the pandemic right jared kushner dual citizenship with israel right uh anthony blinken dual citizenship with israel i have to ask everyone here that the reason your prices are high and you're paying so much for all your foods and all and you're suffering so much and the reason they want people to move to cities is because satan wants you to be dependent zionism wants you to be dependent the swarm wants you to be dependent our movement i don't want you to be dependent working people have a right to stand up on their own two feet and there's only one campaign one movement that can do that's our movement it's our campaign if someone else was doing it i would not be running for president so everyone tonight you got to go support shiva for president there's no other uh opportunity like we have today yes use this don't let the the suffering of the palestinian people uh go for nothing and yeah and i think chris you're bringing up the the, the suffering of the palestinian people is, is is directly related to the suffering of the american people while they butcher the palestinian people openly they're killing your children over the last 50 years as chris shows in our flyer right the american working people and by the way if people go to shivaforpresident.com you can find this flyer and everyone should print this out tonight and by the way you go to shiva for president you can go to the shop and you can get our bumper sticker but if you go to the free downloads you should print out this uh if there's one thing you take away print out lots of these flyers go to your public libraries use their printers you paid you know it's your tax dollars 
And this flyer clearly shows what's going on in the United States. They're killing your children. So they're killing your children in the United States, these same people up on the stage, and they don't have any regard for killing children in, in Palestine, okay? So if they're fine killing you and killing your children, why should they care about killing the Palestinian children? Absolutely. We'll go on to the next question here. Americans could, could see their social security benefits drastically cut in the next decade because the program is running out of money. Former President Trump has said, under no circumstances should Republicans cut entitlements. Would you consider raising the retirement age? Uh, and what other reforms, if any, would you consider uh, making to social security? And I'll add a quick little comment. I love how they classified that as entitlements even though Social Security has been prepaid for, and it is the only one of the very few things that is fully funded in the government because it is prepaid by the American taxpayer. Yeah, so let's talk about this. Social Security, when did it emerge, Chris? It emerged out of the 1930s, out of these massive movements. People need to understand that working people, hardworking people, women, men, blacks and whites during the late 1800s and 1900s fought on the streets in clearly about 200 million people in close to 11,000 strikes in the United States. Fought, 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 fought uh, the swarm to get, and as a result of that, the swarm threw some bones to them. And we have to respect the gains that were made, the elimination of child labor, social security, right? All these things were gains from massive movements of people's uh, sweat and blood we don't even know. So we have to honor that. And so when you get Social Security, we're paying into that. I have paid into Social Security, you know? Uh, on December 2nd, uh, I'm gonna be 60 years old, okay? So I've paid, and I've been working since I was 14 years old, Chris, okay? 14 years old, all right? So I've paid into that, you've paid into that. Um, the swarm, the Zionist elites have printed money for themselves. They have never even earned most of their money. They've basically stolen money on the backs of those of us who've paid into Social Security. So they have no right to take any of our money away. If anything, we should go to them and take money out of their bank accounts. They should be expropriated, right? All of the Zionist hoodlums from Jamie Dimon to Elon Musk to Jeff Bezos, all the 600 billionaires who stole American taxpayer dollars during the pandemic, they increased their wealth by 2.3 trillion. They need to be expropriated. We need to prosecute these people. We need to do investigations. And that's how you solve this problem. Let me give you another way that we boost um, the income for the United States. There are close to 20 million, quote unquote, illegal immigrants. Most of those illegal immigrants, you know, I was talking to this guy who's saying, oh, the illegal immigrants. And, you know, and frankly, there are many people, American citizens, who sit on their ass and they live off welfare. They live off quote unquote disability when they're not really disabled, okay? So we need to relook at American citizens who are scamming the system. And there are quote unquote illegal immigrants who are leaving these countries that we created dictators in. They're fleeing those countries. We have to really look at the source of why illegal immigrants are coming here. And when they come to these countries, a vast majority of them work their butts off. About, obviously, there may be a minor set, which are criminals, but many of them 
are the ones who are getting getting paid low wages and they're working their butts off. I say all of those people should be put on a path to citizenship, eliminating those people who are scumbags and criminals, right? And you can tax them, start having them pay tax dollars. That'll generate close to about a trillion to $2 trillion in revenue for the United States, Chris. And that we can use. So there's the reality is all of these solutions and the questions that are being asked are based on a mentality of not boosting America. It's based on stealing from the working people to feed the wealthy. And that's why this is really becoming a caste and a class war. And so they don't want us to point our guns at them. They want us to send our kids guns to go kill some Iranians, to go kill some Palestinians, to go, go kill some you know, Hispanic people in Venezuela. They do not want us pointing our guns at them. And that's what this is all about. America is being eaten alive from within by these scoundrels. And the only way out of this is to go after these people. That's what really needs to be done. Absolutely. Yeah, someone said immigrants get jobs nobody wants. Exactly. And they work hard. So they made it about, oh, my God, these immigrants are coming over the border. So neither Democrats or Republicans want to solve the border issue because they've created a world right now. They've taken American citizens and keep feeding them free money, you know, smoking weed. I know a lot of these people, you know, meaning I see them, acquaintances who are getting money from the government. They just smoke weed all day. And then they, those people are talking about illegal immigrants. Are you fucking serious? I mean, the whole thing is fucked up. So we have a huge body of American citizens, legal. They're not even legal immigrants. They were, they got a birth lottery to live in this country. They're not working. Because they're not working, other people are coming here to take jobs that they don't want. And then we're admonishing them. It's all fucked up. If we truly want to solve the problem, you would allow legal immigrants to come in, take the so-called illegal immigrants, incentivize them, right? to um, become part of this, collect taxes and take all the quote unquote illegal US citizens, quote unquote, we're living off us and maybe send them out. Maybe they should go back to those countries that we created dictatorship and maybe they'd start valuing why they should work their butt off when they're in the United States. I take a hard working immigrant over a, a welfare crying baby any day, so. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we have. So they, they want to create a, a strata of people, again, going back to your question, who are dependent on them. They do not want us to be people who are independent, with independent minds, who understand how these systems work. Absolutely. Let's move on to the next question. When NBC News talks to voters, they all say this: the border is a top issue. It can mean a lot to different things. It can... It can mean 2 million people who crossed illegally last year. It can mean more than 150 arrests of people who were on the terror watch list. It can mean the burden on states who are having migrants move into their state from the southwestern border. But we are going to talk about opiates specifically. Okay, so it, they want to talk about opiates crossing the border, apparently. Tens of thousands of Americans... Uh, families have suffered death to fentanyl. Young people sometimes die taking one pill. Uh, what can you do as commander in chief 
on the first day to stop fentanyl and the waterfall of it into this country? Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so great, great question. So again, I'm gonna provide everyone a systems analysis on this, okay? So we really need to understand at a very fundamental way, if you wanna talk about drugs, I think the question is drugs coming across a border, what would I do as president, okay? Now, since 1980, since Ronald Reagan got into office, there was this thing about the war on drugs. We're going to stop the war on drugs, stop the war on drugs. Well, they keep coming in. So just let me just ask anyone, the United States government, which sends, which has all these aircraft carriers, which can send, you know, all this aid to Israel to go bomb Palestinians and subjugate them. How is this that this government for the last 40, 50 years cannot stop the flow of drugs? And the answer is very simple. They have no interest in stopping the flow of drugs. So let me repeat that again. Since when I was a student at MIT in 1984, when Reagan got reelected, his wife, Nancy Reagan, started this thing called Say No to Drugs. It was the anti-drug campaign. That's what, now that's 40 years? 40 years, four, four decades. And we keep the, so you notice that the swarm always has a set of issues and they keep just recirculating these issues. Okay, abortion. Okay, I'm the left wing. I'm the right wing. Okay, drugs. I'm, you know, we're going to stop the war on drugs. We're going to, they have all these fucking same issues. I mean, if you hired these people, imagine hiring a sales guy. Oh, I'm going to generate sales for you. Okay, 40 years goes by and he hasn't generated any sales. Your fucking company's down the tubes. Oh, you hire someone else. Oh, I'm going to clean your house. The house is a fucking pigsty. Are you going to keep that person for 40 years? Oh, I'm going to write software for you, Chris. And it's all bug ridden. So for 40 years, we have hired politicians who say they're going to solve the war on drugs, and none of them have. Oh, then we hired politicians who are going to solve illegal immigration. They haven't. We're going to get politicians who are going to, um, uh, you know, balance the budget. So, And all they've done is this. And what they have done is to give us a situation where your child's lifespan is now shorter than yours. So I just want people just to get your heads around just practicality. You work hard. You have some guy who wants to mow your lawn and he doesn't fucking mow your lawn. He digs it up and fucks up your lawn. What are you going to do? You're going to keep hiring him for 40 years. Okay. You wouldn't do that. You would say, what the fuck? Right? So let's get it clear. The war on drugs has been going on since 1980. Okay. They want drugs. Why? And I'm going to now go to the systems. And everyone listening, the reason I'm able to articulate this is because I'm a system scientist. And any one of you can also learn how to do this. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com, become a warrior scholar, support our campaign. We'll give you all the tools. But you need to take a systems perspective. And I did a long video on this, Chris. It's out there, okay? It talked about fentanyl and heroin. Let's really get down to the systems issue. Okay, prior to 19... Prior to 1970, okay, prior to 1970, how many people know you could buy heroin in the Sears catalog? How many people know that? Did you know that? I did know that. Okay. What was heroin? Okay. Diacetylmorphine? Yeah, it was called diacetylmorphine. So what is morphine? Well, there's a very powerful natural herb that's called 
opium that grows. It's a natural product that nature has provided us. It is a natural painkiller. All right. So what they did was they took the morphine from that and they did organic chemistry and they added two acetyl groups. All right. And that made it diacetyl morphine. So when you consume it, the acetyl groups come off and you get morphine. Now, let's be very clear. There are many ways you can numb out pain. If you have a toothache, you can take clove oil, which is a painkiller. Okay. When you go to your doctor, they'll tell you, they'll ask you what level of pain do you have? And they remember they rated on the pain scale from zero to six, right? If you ever go, oh, well, it's on a scale of zero to six, how's your pain? Oh, I think it's a five, right? Or I think it's a two, right? So there are certain people uh, who've had chronic pain, like chronic pain. And diacetylmorphine worked. So it's a natural product. So you could buy it in the Sears catalog for pennies. People weren't getting addicted. By the way, addiction is a very important issue people need to understand. As a systems biologist, the latest research on addiction says there is a finite set of people, very small set of people who have genetics that make them addictive. These people get addicted to anything. They could get addicted to coffee. They could get addicted to marijuana. They, they get addicted to anything. And if you notice, other people can start smoking and they can give it up, right? So it turns out in the in the world of addiction, the research clearly shows there's a, a finite set of people who get addicted, but the vast majority of people don't get addicted, okay? So diacetylmorphine was used in a, as a natural product by people. You could get it in the Sears catalog, and it helped a lot of people alleviate pain. And it was not a bad thing. And this is going to counter to what people have heard. However, in 1970, the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, suddenly declared, you know, diacetylmorphine as a drug that should be stopped. Okay? Why? And why? Why did they do that? I mean, it's been selling in the Sears catalog. Why did suddenly the DEA go after this, um, um, this, 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 this natural product, which comes from the seed of poppies, okay? And when they did this, um, they uh, forced it that no doctor could even prescribe it anymore. So if you were had chronic pain and for years you were using diacetylmorphine as a natural painkiller and you weren't addicted to it, suddenly you couldn't get it. So what happened? Diacetylmorphine got rebranded with an aura, heroin. Ooh, heroin. And all these um, rock stars started taking it. It became this, ooh, I'm Mick Jagger. I do heroin. Ooh, am I, and I, you know, I was a heroin addict. You know, I went to all this bullshit. They created this whole aura around heroin, okay? And in fact, very, very few people were addicted to heroin. Less than 4%. But therefore, once the DEA did this, Heroin becomes a drug on the streets with a very high price. The price explodes. It was for pennies in the Sears catalog. Overnight, it becomes an expensive drug with this halo. Ooh, I'm a heroin addict. You know, I do heroin. Okay. So they created a black market. They created a black market. Exactly, Chris. And they created a black market for the drug cartels. So the elite created a black market for themselves. The mob, the organized criminals, owned this black market. 
So explosive rise, right, in heroin sales. And it has this branding, right, with all the stuff, right? So, but you were able to get it dirt cheap, okay? So heroin's price goes up by a thousand times. And it was just diacetylmorphine from a plant, okay, poppy seeds. And that was because of the 1970 Substance uh, Control Act, okay? And dealers started making massive amounts of profit. And guess what happens? Between 1970 to 2022, the DEA grows as an organization. So, oh my God, we got to stop these illegal drugs. So they created the illegal drug business and then they grew their own organization. Everyone get it? They created, so the swarm took something was in the Sears catalog for pennies, which people were naturally using to solve their pain, no different than getting clove oil, right? And they're solving their pain. Suddenly in 1970, it's made an illegal drug. It goes up by a thousand times. And then the DEA grows as, oh, we got to go after these heroin guys, right? All right. So, so heroin sales explosively grow. Then there's a competition that comes to heroin by Purdue Pharmaceuticals called Oxycontin. Now, Oxycontin, now you have to understand that heroin really solved that massive pain, you know, in the five to six range. And it didn't, you know, Advil addresses where you have zero to one, two levels, but there was no pain medication where people were in the three to four range, right? If you were, so if you were in massive pain, you had to go to your doctor and get morphine, right? Like really severe pain, which is what diacetylmorphine did. And Advil you got in the zero, one to two range. So then they created, they realized, wait a minute, there's a market for people in the three to five range. There was no product for them. So they created Oxycontin, okay? So Oxycontin, uh, was created as uh, within the Schedule One drug in 1995 by the Sacklers. Mm -hmm. And so a doctor could prescribe, remember doctors, if some you, if you're at the end of death, you got morphine in the, you know, if you were at hospice, um, you, or if you got ibuprofen, you know, which you could buy over the counter. But Oxycontin became the drug that you prescribed, you know, in the three to four range, okay? But you had to go to a doctor to get Oxycontin right? But if you were in the really pain range, you couldn't get a doctor to give you morphine. You see what I'm saying? So um, so what ended up happening was that Oxycontin was starting to compete. Those people get prescriptions with heroin sales. So guess what? Heroin sales start dropping because those people who could get the prescriptions went to their doctor to get Oxycontin sales. So now it's basically two wings of the swarm. The legal drug wing was competing with the illegal organized crime wing, but nonetheless organized crime. Just think about it this way, Chris. It was two organized crime families, if you want to think about it. One is controlling the pharmaceutical organized crime, and the other is controlling the non-pharmaceutical organized crime. And they had a competition. So then the non the organized crime family on the street said, fuck, we're losing all of our revenue from heroin. So then they went after the Sacklers. Okay. They said, shit, we got to get the Oxycontin guys um, off the market. And meanwhile, fentanyl started going in through Mexico and all the people couldn't get Oxycontin or heroin started getting fentanyl. Okay. 
because the DA went took uh, heroin off the market. So that's what this is all about. So this is about one organized crime family fighting against another. This is not about the war on drugs. This is fundamentally about all those people on stage. I bet you all of them are one degree of freedom away from making money off all of these drugs, all of them. And they don't want to stop this. We also have to understand that we also have to understand that drugs, illegal drugs, is a capital that is used for money laundering. All right. And I did another video explaining this. There are U.S. companies who send goods across a border, sell it for a lower price, then it's converted to drugs, which comes back to the U.S., converted to cash, and then they get cash payments. So drugs, everyone listen very carefully, is the medium for money laundering. So again, mm -hmm. the elites, the swarm has no interest in solving, quote unquote, a drug problem. Frankly, the real drug problem is big pharma. Diacetylmorphine should be made available to every citizen. You want to take diacetylmorphine, get it. And then they made a big deal about addiction when the addiction issue is a much overblown problem than it actually is. So that's what this is about, Chris. There's a lot of bullshit going on here. So again, the elites create problems and divert from the real issues. Same old bullshit. Yes, in the famous words of David Icke, problem, reaction, solution, it's always Yeah, there. but David Icke himself comes from that world. He was yeah. a BBC guy. He doesn't really want to solve any of this. If he did, he'd be supporting our movement. David Icke basically does the swarm's job of telling you how they're going to fuck you over, and then he's part of it, okay? And right, Noam Chomsky type where he just... Yes you all depressed about how sad the world is, yep. but has no solution. Agreed. All right. Let's talk about uh, the last night election results. Abortion rights supporters saw victories in Ohio and Virginia following earlier wins in states like Kansas and Kentucky. How do you see the path forward for Republicans on this issue? Let me ask everyone a question here. Over the last you know, since Roe versus Wade, bring pro-abortion, anti-abortion, pro-life, pro-choice. Has this affected your life in any way? Has this fundamentally improved your life economically in any way? And I don't think so. What it has done is to divide people. And in fact, the pro-life people, I would argue, Chris, are really not pro-life. And I want to talk about that. And the pro-choice people are really not pro-choice. So I believe in truly being for life, pro-life. The pro-life people are only pro-life until the baby comes out of the womb. They just want to protect life in the nine months, right? But after the baby comes out of the womb, all these crazy Christian Zionists are absolutely fine with that baby being fed poisonous foods, poisonous water. They don't give a damn if that child that comes out goes and fights an imperialist war to go butcher Palestinians, gets his head blown off, or you know can never uh, think again, right? So the pro-lifers frankly, aren't pro-life because they only care about this thing about getting the baby out of the womb. But after the baby comes out of the womb, they do not care if the baby gets poisoned with bad water, whether it gets genetically engineered foods, um, whether the baby is going to live in economic inequality for the rest of its life, whether it's a birthright lottery, because a baby that's born to the family of a Kennedy or a Trump has a much better life, pro-life, than the baby that's born in a a poor household in a black community, right? So if the pro-lifers truly cared about pro-life, it would be from 
conception to the grave, all the way through. Let's really care about pro-life. And you don't. So you're not really pro-lifers. I'm a pro-lifer because if Chris brings up that chart again, and let me bring it up here. If you truly cared about pro-life, you freaking pro-lifers, and you're not, okay? All you Catholics who came your, claim you're pro-life, which I don't believe you are, you would be supporting our campaign and you would be talking about this graph. Because when you look at this graph, this is truly the real issue with pro-life because the American lifespan has been going down since 1980. And this is because of many non-pro-life policies that were imp implemented by fake pro-lifers. Income inequality policies, policies of healthcare, Monsanto, all of that. So all of you Catholics listening out there, if you truly want to be pro-life, then you better support our campaign because we're pro-life from conception all the way through. And so, oh, okay, they saved abortion. By the way, we live in a republic. It's supposed to be a state's right issue. Anyway, so from a constitutional perspective, Chris, it's what the states determine, okay? But me personally, I'm truly pro-life, but end to end, okay? So, you know, the Supreme Court did the right thing by devolving power back to the states. Now, if the states want to vote for pro-life and the majority there uh, are, you know, abortion, that's their right, okay? But nonetheless, you could still argue that I think everyone cares about life and what we should really be talking about, there's the nine months that the baby's in the womb and then there's the 70 years, the 70 times 12, the 840 months the baby's outside of the womb. The U.S. life expectancy, by the way, has dropped now to around 76, okay? Let's estimate it to be around 70. 70 times 12 months is 840 months. So what? So we're focused on the nine months. What about the 840 months? Nine months is 1% of, of an individual's life. So let's talk about the other 99% of the life and what policies we're going to implement for supporting a human American's life after they come out of the womb. Yeah, and it appears Chris Christie and Tom Scott are parroting uh, your point that we need to be pro-life for the whole life, not just before birth. And yeah, they probably saw my stuff and they're probably stealing from it. Yeah, and I, I would also like to point out that it's no different than the left wing saying they're for Black Lives Matter, but then they force them to grow up in horrible infrastructure. They don't have, uh, they have horrible crime in their neighborhoods, but they don't have enough law enforcement to keep the people safe, where they don't have access to uh, good education, they don't have school choice. So it's the same thing on, on both sides of the aisle. They say yeah, they're ne yeah. Neither neither side is truly pro-life or truly pro-choice, right? All the liberal elites were not pro-choice when it came to vaccines. We're not pro-choice. Uh, the elites are not pro-choice when it comes to truly school choice, right? So all, all these people are hypocrites. And, and the reason they're hypocrites, Chris, is, again, I come back to the singular thing. They have the luxury of being hypocrites because they don't have to walk the walk. They don't live the life of everyday people. What they say here, they don't have to live over here. Go look at all of these religious leaders who talk pro-life. They'll talk pro-life here. And meanwhile, they'll go do something else in their personal lives, right? So they don't have to walk the walk. You mean they're... Public integrity doesn't match their private integrity. Their right. Yeah. In fact, Megan Kelly, when she asked uh, uh, this booby, this booby fucking bullshit piece of shit Zionist scumbag Kennedy, Cox, um, yeah, and he said, well, you know, about his 
you know, his whole family's lack of integrity, his response was, well, your public integrity and your personal integrity are two different things. He's basically telling you, I'll fuck you over, uh, you know, one aspect of life and I'll appear like I'm a good guy in the other aspect of life. This is ridiculous. So again, to everyone listening, and we have, you know, people, we're close to a lot, we have thousands of people now watching this broadcast in spite of all the shadow banning. You know, my life, our movement, Truth, Freedom, Health, is really about ensuring that the values of working people, the values of labor, hardworking people match people's integrity. None of those people on that stage have ever earned an honest wage. None of them. They were born into privilege and they live off privilege and they live off the swarm. I don't, you don't, most people don't. So let's really uh, have real Americans, not fake Americans. Only a real American can defeat the fake Americans. <laughs> That's what we should change our slogan to. Yes, yes. Uh, play on your uh, Senate campaign. Uh, I love that. Uh, we'll move on to the next oh, closing statement. Uh, cover any topic you believe uh, you didn't have time to address and why Republican voters should support you and President Trump. And before you take a run on this, why do they keep bringing back Donald Trump into this? It's, it's, he's not even on the stage, right? So what? What if these guys can't stop zucking cock? Yeah, that's good. Zucking cock. Thank you, Chris. That's we should uh, bring that into the vocabulary. Zucking. We should add that. I, I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> Zucking. Uh, okay. Well, look uh, to everyone listening. Here's my closing statement. It's time for one of us. It's time for one of us. It's time for one of us. And in a very, very uh, simple, but direct, but grounded way, I'm one of us. And you look at my life journey. I've gone through the journey of someone who came here as an immigrant, has earned everything I have, grew up in working class neighborhoods in New Jersey, uh, mowing lawns, um, you know, learning how to code software. I've always worked. I, I've been working since I was 12 years old. Um, and uh, my journey reflects a journey of everyday working people in this country. I've had to struggle. You know, people would try to steal my stuff, which all of us have gone through. People would try to steal your credit, right? I've had to fight exploitation all my life, be it in India when I grew up as a low caste Indian by people like fucking Brahmin, brown nosing motherfuckers like Vivek Ramaswamy and his family oppressing people of my caste. There is a caste system. You can't deny it. There is racism. You cannot deny it. There is class. All these things do exist. The right wing denies them and the left wing act as though it cares about fighting racism and casteism and classism. They don't because none of them have ever gone through the journey. It is just theories. But I have gone through this journey. I have to fight this every day. Right now, I have to fight the fact that I'm constantly shadow banned. Right. And in spite of that, my journey shows the journey, the resilience of the American people, the resilience of working people all over the world. We have a vision. We fight, we struggle, and we keep coming back again and again and again. None of these people could ever have gone through my journey. They would have been wiped out a long time ago because they were born into a birth lottery. They were born into money, capital, billionaires. They never had to work for anything. They were given everything on a silver platter. So they do not know our suffering. They do not know 
why I keep bringing up this issue of this very, very fundamental graph of the fact that the average life expectancy in the United States, your child is going to be living shorter than you as an adult. Why do I keep bringing that up? Because I know those working people. The people that it affects are the people who don't have access to organic food, the people who suffer income inequality, the people who don't have access to health care. And those are my people. Those are our people. But these people like Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Donald fucking Trump, Booby fucking Kennedy, all these people live in Malibu. They have access to biodynamic food. They get access to grass-fed pasture-raised beef. By the way, have you tried to get a piece of pasture-raised beef like a tenderloin? It's 40 to $50 a pound now. It used to be about 15, 20 bucks a pound. So how can anyone in the United States afford high quality food? How can anyone afford high quality health care? When the swarm, these people have printed money, have, have created an environment that they control the entire money supply end to end from the Fed to the bankers to their families. This is truly caste and class war. And we must aim our ire, our anger, our guns at these people right here in the United States. We have to recognize that our enemy is not outside, our enemy is within. This is why 35% of kids are depressed because they're looking at their adults and they're saying, there's so much hypocrisy in this world. So if you're a young kid, your parents, your institutions don't do what they say. Of course, I'd be depressed. And look at all these clowns running for president except me. You'd obviously be depressed. And this is why they make me invisible, because if I were to get in front of everyday people, if I were to get visibility among everyday people, particularly young people, there would be a revolution in this country. People would be overthrowing these people overnight. They would be exercising their First and Second Amendment rights. They would be exercising the Declaration of Independence, which said you have the right to abolish and alter your government if it is becoming destructive. And, it, and the government of the United States and the swarm and Zionism has become destructive to the working people of this country. And there's only one force which challenges that, ShivaForPresident.com and Truth Freedom Health. And so if you finally want liberation and you want to be lazy about it, lazy and you want to support the campaign, get the freaking bumper sticker. It's a simple way because you work for, you work hard. I'm not even saying you're lazy. You probably work hard. You don't have time to even go campaign, but you can put that bumper sticker on. And that's a big FU. It's an FU to Zionism. It's an FU to the swarm. It's an FU to these organized criminals. The second thing you can do is you can download that flyer, go to Shiva for president, get that flyer, become an activist, down, print it out in black and white. Chris goes and hands it out every day or every weekend. And the third thing you can do is you can invite your friends and family to come to our orientation. Go to shivaforpresident.com slash town hall or vashiva.com slash orientation. And when you come to our town hall and our orientation, we teach you how to take care of your body. That's healthcare. We teach you how to get good food at a low price, healthy food. We teach your kids how to start thinking, not what to think, but how to think. We teach you how to innovate. We teach you what is a leader. Most people are forgotten. We teach you how to take care of your finances. That's what we're doing. You know, my becoming president will do this on a global scale. I can just do it faster. So our movement is truly about service and service is citizenship. Let's go back to root cause issues. Let's go back to what the real fundamental issues are. If you want to be pro-life, then let's talk about the entire life of a child. 
from the time the conception takes place all the way to extending life as long as possible, healthy, you know, vibrant life. If you care about pro-choice, let's give choice to everyone on every aspect, healthcare, schools, education, everything. But remember, I'm the only candidate, and I can say it with all honesty and confidence, is that I'm the only candidate who's come bottoms up, who actually cares about people, and it's one of us. None of those people on stage are one of us, not one of them. And I want to ask you for your own sake, why would you even consider any of these people? Why? And the only reason you would consider them, it's coming from a habit, a bad habit, a bad habit of thinking someone from above is going to help us and forgetting it's coming from a bad habit and an Alzheimer's, a loss of memory of what this country was about. This country was about people coming bottoms up. Go look at the founders of this country. They had skills. I have innumerable amount of skills. I can code software. I can do landscaping. I can figure out how anything mechanical works and fix it. I know electrical engineering, biological engineering. I've started companies. I know actually how to fix things. Not like saying, oh, I know your plight. Think about what these politicians say. I know your plight and I'm going to fix shit. They've never fixed anything. They don't know anyone's plight. So if you finally want truth and if you finally want freedom and you finally want health, then for your own good, go get that bumper sticker. Go volunteer. Go to right now. Go to um, Shiva for president. You know, right right now. Don't wait. You know, go to that site and get this. You know, go get this flyer. Download it. Print it. Go to the front page of this site, ShivaForPresident.com. And we need to get on the ballot in every state. Volunteer. Go click on that volunteer link. Volunteer support what we're doing. Notice I haven't asked for any money. I'm not here begging you for money like fucking billionaire Kennedy, booby fucking Kennedy, you know, whose family made all their money from, you know, alcohol and liquor. All right. Organized criminals. That's where his money comes from. My money comes from working hard, but you can go volunteer right here. All right, John, we have this big blank space here we should fix. But anyway, yeah, um, please do. Please yeah. go to Shiva, number four, president.com. Go to volunteer sign up, attend our Saturday meeting at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. No, no, it's, it's, 11, it's 11 a.m., Chris, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., okay? Um, yeah, and, uh, and so the volunteer right. on, yeah, yeah first the volunteer right. meeting is at 12.30. Yeah, yes. come to the volunteer meetings at 12.30. I need your help in Indiana. Please go to Shiva4President.com, sign up as a volunteer. We need to get Dr. Shiva on the ballot in all 50 states. And I am the Indiana leader and I need your help. So I'm, I'm asking anyone on this call or anyone listening. All over the world. You can help any, 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 the, any, anywhere in the United States. You can get these bumper stickers. Boldly display this bumper sticker on the back windshield. It's five bucks. Okay. And by the way, do not give any money to these other scumbags. They don't need your money. This money goes right into your pocket. You get your bumper sticker. We're not making any money off any of this. And the other thing you can do is if you want to donate, when you donate to us, I give you gifts. I cannot take your money for anything. If you want to go to the site and you click on donation, when you donate, if you want to, guess what I give you? I give you gifts, okay? I give you tools. I give you uh, courses, and it's right here. I give you access to lots. These are all the different gifts you get. You get 15 gifts, 13 gifts. You get courses. You get bumper stickers. You get books because I want to train you how to stand up on your own two feet. 
So bottom line, go to Shiva for president. We have created the environment where you can be your own liberator. It's not about me. This is really about you. So, you know, if you've enjoyed and if you agree with what I'm saying, don't just simply be an observer. Become a participant. The simplest way, as I can mention, is get a bumper sticker. Really, really simple, okay? And put it on the back of your car. Download the flyer that Chris has gotten. Hand them out to people. Educate people. You become the agent of change, okay? These are our weapons. That's a very powerful weapon, that one little flyer. And I learned that as a young kid at MIT, learning that I could create a flyer and I could challenge the entire school newspaper. So that is our future. The future is you. And the future is it's time for one of us. It's time for one of us. It's time to shatter the swarm. It's time to get rid of these organized criminals. It's time to end the Zionist hijacking of the United States. That's what we need to end, period. And in order to do that, you need to have leaders who actually want to do that, not who are cocksuckers to Zionism. I have to be that harsh because Zionism is the weapon of the swarm. It's racist. It's anti-Semitic. It's everything that's anti-American. And then finally, in conclusion, I want to, you know, ask all of you that tell all your friends, you know, um, let everyone know. If you go to our, uh, John, is he, is he, uh, uh, we should put up the event on our Shiva for President and VA Shiva site, the event that we're hosting. John, please make sure that's up. But we have a very important event in about three days, 72 hours. It's going to be in Harvard Square. We're mobilizing a massive um, a massive protest, a march onto Harvard because, you know, we live in the center of the swarm right here in Massachusetts. The swarm uh, being Harvard University where they literally manufacture uh, Zionists, okay? And as you know, a, a bunch, and, and they believe, they believe, let me, let me actually go to this um, tweet that I put out. And I want to end on this because our campaign is about action, action, action. We're not just here to be blowhards talking about, you know, how bad the world is. We have to take action. Everything I've talked to you about, of everyone here is about action that you can take. And it's about mobilizing you to act. Because if you don't act, you're going to get depressed and you're going to get into learned helplessness. And that's what the swarm wants. They want you to think you can't do anything. So as I put out on this tweet, Zionist hoodlums, Ben Shapiro, Bill Ackman, Robert Booby, fucking Kennedy are all pissed that students defied Harvard. See, Harvard is supposed to be the headquarters of Zionism. This student said no. And now we people, we the people, march on Harvard to end genocide, not only in Palestine, but to free America, to free the world. You see, Palestine is not going to be liberated unless we expose the fact that America has been hijacked and we need to get rid of all these Zionists out of every institution in government, in finance, in healthcare, and entertainment. So 11, 11 at 11 a.m., join us because I will reveal at 11 a.m. on 11, 11, what we must do. I'm gonna give everyone an actual action, Chris, and I don't wanna talk about it now, but I'm gonna give people an actual thing that every one of you can do if you want peace, if you want a free America, that every one of you can do a tangible action that you can start by doing one hour a day, just one hour. And I, I'm not going to reveal it now, 
but come to our demonstration. I'm going to tell everyone here what you can do to become part of the solution. In addition to getting the bumper sticker, in addition to, you know, uh, getting the flyer, volunteering, I'm going to give another way that you can connect and help the people to free Palestine, but also free America. We must end the occupation of America by the swarm in order to free America. That's what this movement's about. So declare your independence from Zionism. Declare your independence from the swarm. It's time for one of us, period. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, John Medlar, for being our uh, production uh, person today, staying awake. You know, uh, by the way, our team, you know, we get up at 5 a.m. It's a long day for all of us. And we also have to do full-time work. So I want to thank everyone. Take action. This is time for action. Get the bumper sticker, volunteer, volunteer, get us on the ballot, take action. And when you act, you will feel empowered. If you're just watching all this shit all day, watching fucking Joe Rogan, watching fucker Carlson, watching all these quote unquote anti-Zionists. By the way, it's interesting. Some of them are getting promoted, but they will not retweet this tweet. Anyone out there who claims they're against Zionism and does not and has lots of followers and is not shadow banned, more than likely they're an agent of the swarm that they're putting them out there. So one day they'll unleash them against us. Okay. The issue is not cease fire. The issue is end the occupation. That's what this is. We're not taking some namby-pamby, pussyfooting position. Oh, cease fire, peace now. No, it's end the occupation of Palestine, end the occupation of America, period. Thanks, Chris. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Kiva. Okay, be well, be the light. And I'm going to close with everyone, um, uh, for everyone, playing our campaign video, um, which is uh, which will inspire you to action. Chris, stay on, and then we'll say goodbye. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low-caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working-class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers, and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science. Lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, 
pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. One set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement, to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people for the working people who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health to win back America, be part of this historic movement, all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. President. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message, paid for by Dr. Shiva for President. let people know that the news has come to us that the United States has started bombing Syria. Okay. So everyone should be aware of that. So U.S. has started bombing Syria. So we have to recognize that Zionism always had this idea of creating a greater Israel from day one. It wasn't just about Palestine. It was about that all those regions so we have to be aware that we as American people, do we want to go participate in imperialism? And that's what this is about, power, profit, control. So we'll talk more about this tomorrow. But as we close you know, our discussion, it's quite fascinating that not one question on that debate stage, because this occurred around four hours ago. So all those questioners... Chris knew about this, and they haven't asked any of those people on the debate stage, are they okay with the United States bombing Syria? So anyway, everyone uh, be ready. Go to Shiva for president. We have a huge opportunity to win for the American people and stop supporting Zionism and the swarm for the first time. Thank you very much, Chris.
Thanks for all your help. Thanks, John. Be well.